Welcome in to the John Neighbor Show here live from the Natty State Sports Studios. Appreciate everybody listening in and watching in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. And appreciate each and every one of you for making us a part of your afternoon. This afternoon, as it's going to be a great Wednesday show, we have a lot of things we're going to try to dive into. Uh, going to be joined by former Razorback Tyler Spoon which is always great to catch up with him. Thanks to Bank of Fayetteville right here in the downtown area. Get a little recap of what he thought from the Arkansas Razorback baseball team against James Madison, as well as doing a little preview of what's coming up in Arlington. And uh, we'll have some thoughts about the baseball team there too and get some other news, especially in the college sports landscape. But, you know, here we are once again on this show. Uh, I think I'm trying to remember how many times we've decided to move on from the Razorback basketball team. And yet, every time they think that uh, we think that we're out, they just pull us back in. Because last night, uh, for those of you who may have listened to the live stream of the great, great time that we had over there at Flyway Brewing in Fayetteville, which appreciate everybody coming out there and having a good time and watching it, uh, Arkansas won. And not only did they win, but they won a game on the road against Texas A&M, a team that they have not beaten in College Station under the Eric Musselman era, and they really actually look pretty good doing it, as crazy as it may seem. And Arkansas finally gets a nice little win, 78-71. to 71. May have realistically knocked out, uh, I mean, dare I say, Texas A&M from the NCAA tournament conversation. People are talking. It could be the case. That could be what's happening. But either way, that's what you got to be excited about is just to have a nice little victory and a nice little win there for Arkansas. And there's a lot of stuff that comes from it. And I think uh, two of the things that really stood out to me about this game is not only Arkansas holding on to a lead, keeping that lead, and being able to get a nice little victory on the road, but also the two things we all know about Texas A&M is what? Well, we know Texas A&M likes to offensive rebound, and they like to get to the free throw line. Those are kind of the two things that they are known for doing. Well, guess what? They got offensive rebounds, and they got to the free throw line. They did what they normally do. The only difference was in this game is that when they got those opportunities, they did not execute scoring, and you got to score points in order to win games. They got 20 offensive rebounds. They averaged 18 a game. They did their job, but they only had seven points on second chance points, seven off of 20, 20 offensive rebounds. They got to the free throw line 39 times, 39 times in this game, but only hit 25 of those free throws. That was good enough for a whopping 64%. So AM did their job. AM played their game. AM just couldn't convert. And luckily for the Razorbacks, they were able to take care of business and take advantage of that and be able to get out of there with a nice little victory. But uh, someone else that was over there with us there at Flyway, of course, is Andrew Ellis, who's joining us here in the studio, too. And uh, Andrew, I know we were at Flyway together for a long period of time. It was a lot of fun, a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. But We were really locked in. Yeah. There was no shenanigans going on at Flyway. It was just business is what it was. All business because we stood on business and yeah. a lot of uh, great food and brews and vibes and everything. And then you saw what we all saw of like Arkansas. 
somehow winning this game. I don't know how. I don't know why. And I'm not mad about it. But it's still kind of funny when you think about they won against Texas A&M on the road. And they led pretty much the entire game. Yeah. Didn't even really have to work that hard for it. I mean, I'll tell you why they won. Texas A&M stinks, man. They're they bad. really stink. I They're mean, of good. all the Arkansas teams to get swept by, I mean, even Missouri might not get swept by this team. We'll find we'll find out this weekend. Oh, jeez. Maybe bad. both of these teams can get another crack in uh, in Nashville. Oh, man. The Aggies, that's what's tough about it is like Arkansas, you know, they, 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 it was nice to get a win, but it wouldn't have really done much if they had lost. I feel like they were 12-point underdogs. We all kind of expected they would. A&M needed to win that game. That's what's crazy about it is like that was, a, you know, supposedly their best effort. That was their best uh, their best shot, and their guards just weren't good. I mean, Wade Taylor, what, he had 40 points whenever they came here in Bud Walton yeah. of their like 65 points. He had like 40 of them. Only had like, what, eight points in the, in the game last night? He uh-huh. might have gotten some garbage time buckets late. Yeah, I guess he ended up with 11 on three of 12 shooting. Tyrese Radford ended it's up terrible. with 12 on five of 16. Both of those numbers seem higher. Like, I didn't realize they had scored even that much because I don't remember them getting a ton of buckets. But, yeah, it's just it was just a – I don't want to say it was a it was a bad perform. I mean, it was a good performance for Arkansas even necessarily. I think Arkansas just kind of showed up, and A&M just, just didn't have anything. But uh, no. the one thing you could tell with Arkansas is that they clearly haven't quit. No. They're clearly still trying. And uh, I thought it was funny yesterday – afternoon tom crean did you see his tweet where he's yeah. like i just watched these two teams practice i'm telling you these guys are locked in um and hey there's something to be said about that arkansas has not let go of the rope just yet um now when they face anyone with a pulse they probably will let go of the rope as we've seen uh but last night they did not face anyone with a pulse so no. they were able to win and that's the thing with college basketball it's not like you have to clear that high of a bar all these teams are bad like there's gonna be like eight or nine SEC teams that make the tournament. And I think there's only three or four actually good SEC teams. If South Carolina, many. we would count in that category, and we're not sure they're good even. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I just think that Arkansas, what they've made a living over the past three years under Muss is they beat bad teams, and they win those 71 to 65, like those ugly slugfests. And they haven't been in a ton of them this year because they give up like 90 points in, uh, to anyone good. So it was, it was good to see them win in a familiar fashion. Uh, it didn't necessarily give me any confidence that they're about to go on a run down the stretch, but no. it's nice to see. And, hey, their first win under Muss and Reed Arena, how about that? Yeah, which I don't think anybody would have predicted that. Like you said, the fir- that team that team to be the one that actually wins for the first time in Reed Arena yeah. did not, is not something I was circling around on the calendar be like, no, it'll happen. But a- you're right, A&M is not a good basketball team at all. And... I guess because what was the first game Tremont Mark have? How many points did he have against A and M in that one in, in Fayetteville? He had thirty five. So you're talking about thirty five and then twenty six in this one. So I guess he really likes playing Texas A and M. Something about it. Because didn't he? Wasn't there somebody yeah. saying they grew up kind of close by? Yeah, well, I mean, he went to motivation. I forget his hometown. Some I forget the name of it. It's like Friendship, Texas, or something like that. It's something Friendship. weird. Yeah. But I mean, he went to Houston. So yeah, maybe there's a little bit. Uh, we see Anthony Black likes to play against teams from Texas. He had yeah. his career high against the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, maybe there's something true. Yeah, maybe it's just something about the state of Texas that they go after. But, you know, Tremont Mark has been the guy that uh, I guess has been the most consistent offensive player throughout the season. Yeah. uh, Which is not saying a whole lot, but still 26 points for him, 8 of 16 from the field. It's 8 of 10 free throws. But also, uh, I was really impressed in the fact that he had six rebounds, five Five assists. Five assists. That's that. Yeah. Because I think Scotty was telling us going into the game. So what was it in the past five games? Yeah, he hadn't had over one and a half assists in the last five games. Like he had had four assists combined, I think, in the last five games. That's unreal. And he gets uh, five in this game. Five. Yeah. And a steal and a block. So really what's crazy is he it. also had a ton of passes that led to free throw attempts from Makai Mitchell, who went 10 of 12 at the line. 
had his 22 points. Like, it was just uh, that's the dynamic duo right there, Tremont, Mark, and Makai Mitchell. Like we all said. Oh, yeah. We all knew that was going to be how this team was operating down the stretch was Especially two-man game between those two guys. Yeah. Like. Uh, but, hey, how, how about it? Those guys, they've been rising to the occasion. I mean, we've been joking that, like, Makai's an all-SEC big. The joke has kind of gotten away from us because he's in that contention now. He's been playing so well during conference play and really these last six, seven games. It's It's good to see that, man. It's good to see. Uh, probably too little too late, <laughs> but, yeah, but hey, nice. like we said yesterday going into Flyway, there's so much pain in this world, but none at Flyway Brewing. Nope. There was no pain at Flyway Brewing, not even caused by the Razorbacks. Yeah. Well, we are hashtag one and oh at uh, Flyway every time we watch a game there. But you mentioned Makai Mitchell and him finishing with 22 points, 13 rebounds, as well as four blocked shots, six of nine from the field. So it's not like he's taking a ton of shots. He's just being efficient, and he's shooting 77% from the free throw line this year. He shot 65% last year, so you're talking about a 12%. We were, it was almost so funny last night during the game when we knew that Texas A&M was going to be fouling that we're like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go foul, give the ball to Makai Mitchell to get to the free throw line because that's where the trust was. And yeah, it, I mean, it, which is just <laughs> so weird. I'm losing my mind. Like that. Not only is he the guy that you want him to hit free throws at the end of the game. You want the ball to be in his hands when you need an offensive possession. You want it to like, what? I mean, we literally all the time we talk about how they can't inbound the ball when they seem to need to inbound the ball that late game. And they, there was a point where Makai Mitchell was the dude who like, and it wasn't even underneath the basket. Like they, they, it was almost like they drew it up so that he would catch the thing. When they flashed his free throw percentage last night, and they said 77%, and he went 10 for 12 in this game. So he actually went up from that. It's pretty crazy. It's just, it was kind of jarring to see that number. But then you just look around, and you're like, man, he really is the guy you want the ball in his hands. And it's just, it's it weird. is what it is, man. And down the stretch, Tremont, Mark, and Makai, they pretty much gave them not a ton, but just enough down offense down the stretch. Tremont, what do you have, like three and ones? Yes, on um, jump yeah, shots. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, it's just, it was, it was fascinating to watch. And, it really felt to me like just an A&M implosion is what yep. it felt like. Yeah, because, again, they did what they usually do. They just weren't able to convert. They weren't able to get the second-chance points. That They got the offensive rebounds. There's no second-chance points. They got to the free-throw line, just didn't hit free throws. Because if they just would have had two, both of those things, they would have won this game. But they didn't. And I think you got to give credit to Arkansas for playing some really good defense there on the, on the offensive rebounds. And I know that Coach Musk talked about it uh, being vertical and whatnot. But – yeah, the, the Makai Mitchell thing is also people – he played 33 minutes last night. He's not starting. So it's not even like he's yeah. a starting player. Which it, is kind of weird at this point. It's like – especially with Jalen Graham not even playing either. It's like they're just – I mean, and they've, they've started Chandler Lawson an insane amount. He played 20 minutes last night. But it is weird for like Makai Mitchell maybe the best player on the team and he's like coming off the bench and then playing the whole game. It's but you it's know. wild. Do they – like is – I mean is – I guess the question is, is Makai Mitchell – like if he continues to have like – these types of averages through the rest of the end of the year, could he be all SEC? Like I would maybe? have to really go look at the SEC big men. My gut feeling is probably no. And right. Curtis brought up a good point that last year Devo was really good in conference play, True. but it sucked in non-conference, and that kind of that sucking in non-conference ended up being what you know I guess pushed him over the wrong edge. Uh, I think with Makai it'll probably work out that way. And also Arkansas is going to finish like six and 12 in sec play so it's not like it's not like they're going to be like itching to give it to a guy on that team but who knows i mean i don't know they, they, the sec i feel like all sec they have like 25 people on the team so who knows if they have 17 forwards maybe he'll make it in yeah i i, I just know it's a lot to ask for someone to be consistent on this team but yeah 
throughout, I think, six of the last seven games, which if you take away the Tennessee game, I'm not saying that you just delete it because it was a game, and Makai Mitchell had, like, one point. But of six of those last seven games, Makai's been, I think, averaging 16, 17 points. Yeah, it's been points. a lot. I mean... And almost a double-double, like, with the rebounds. Yeah. I mean, he's had, like, he's had a double-double in almost every game the That's last crazy. week or two few weeks, so... I, I mean, I just can't believe we're sitting here talking about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure are. by the end of the year, his all his SEC stats total will be pretty comparable to whoever it is that's on the All SEC team. But I feel like his uh, his non conference and not being in the rotation for I mean, even even a couple of weeks ago, there was a game where he only played like eight minutes or eleven yeah. minutes or something like that. Uh, so who knows? But I would not expect him to get the benefit of the doubt. But we'll see. I mean, it's it's crazy that we're even having this conversation, and it's gotten to that point. And we're not even – it's not even like we're crazy. Like, it's not like no, we're just yeah. throwing crap out because it's like, ah, yeah, let's, let's have a hot take here. Yeah. It, it's legitimate. And even Musk said in the press conference last night that he felt like Makai's playing as good as any, I guess, yeah. post I player. Yeah, center, center, center in the, in the, in the in conference the, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I just pulled it up. His, so, in 13 conference games, what's crazy is he's only played 20.2 minutes per game in conference play. That's great. Uh, he's averaging 8.9 points, 5.6 rebounds, and a block and a half. So, like, a little step below. But, I mean, hey, it's, given his recent trajectory, uh, it seems like he's going to end up averaging about 10, 6, whatever, 10, 10, 11 points, 7 rebounds maybe. Like, maybe fringe, but I feel like most likely he's probably not going to get that nod. But, no. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, I mean, if, if there were a – if the season started two weeks ago and you just went off of that – he might be your guy. He might be. And I, I'm happy for him. Like, I, I really am. Because yeah. I think going into the season, if you would have had me do the power rankings of the Razorback basketball team, of like the players and where I thought that they actually ranked out, I think Makai Mitchell, of the scholarship players, might have been number 12, 11, 12. He would have probably been, been, been low for me. I mean, yeah. ten, I, I thought Maybe he was going to be the only one below him. For sure. Possibly, yeah. And now you're looking at it to where, at this point in time, current state, he's second. Best player on this team? I would say so. Maybe. I mean, at least. He's top two. He's yeah. top two. Because uh, you got him and, and Mark. And I know battles. He battle played. I mean, he's yeah, three of 15. But I, he did have 15 points and made his free throws. And I think defensively he, he was a lot better. You can't win a shootout. You can't win a shootout if you don't, if you bring a knife. It's Caleb true. Battle took his shots. He did. He made three of them. He did. But uh, it is, he also nine of 10 at the line. So I want. I was. I was just curious. So here's Makai Mitchell's averages for his last seven games. Arkansas is three and four in those games. He's averaging fourteen point one points, eight point three rebounds, and two blocks. Wow. I mean that right there. Like that's who he's been for. I mean seven games is not like the largest sample size of all time, but that's right. a few weeks. And uh, these have been important games for Arkansas. I mean, fourteen, eight, and two. Like that's that's fringe all SEC type stuff right there. That's, it is. It that's is. as, as uh, productive as anyone on the roster. Uh, and I'm looking at. The way that he's done it too, Andrew, I think is now again, I want to use surprising because I think we've seen even last year there were times where he was I felt like he was just an efficient player at times last year, especially in postseason, yeah. where he'd go out there and he'd he he'd go like three of five from the field, mm -hmm. get a few free throws, some rebounds. He well, was he, always he like played the, a lot of he started yeah. almost every game. It was like thirty four of thirty seven or something like yeah. that. Like almost every game. He, he was he playing was, a lot of minutes. He was literally like the guy that goes in and gets you on average like eight points and five rebounds, yeah. you know, something like that. And now he's doing it to where he's being smart with the basketball. I think that there's been times you've seen him kind of guiding people a little bit, you know, I like get on the yeah. floor and like, he's almost like he's a point forward type thing. Uh, he's being smart with it. He, he's, he's making good moves and getting to the free throw line. I, you know, I know it's the most cliche thing ever, but dude, if you're a big man and you hit your free throws, 
that's a that's a huge, huge. weapon because I mean it just changes the way teams defend you. Yeah. Um. You know, last year they would do that thing where they would like go to him for the first two possessions. Like he would always score on the first possession of the game. But yeah, I mean he's only averaging one point three turnovers this year. His last year at Rhode Island, he averaged two and a half turnovers a game. Oh gosh. And less than two assists. So you know, like you said, he's making a lot better decisions. He's kind of got the dynamism that he had at Rhode Island, but he's like a little, little more less stupid i guess is what you could say it's a good way to put it uh yeah so i mean it's, it's been good but yeah i mean we're talking about a dude who first career smart decision making has not been his forte no but yeah i mean it's like it is weird we talked about trusting him at the end of the games i think that he's the one guy on this team where it's like you trust he's going to show up and he's going to play hard and he's going to make good decisions and he's going to be tough to defend around the basket i mean it's it's kind of crazy i mean this is who they hope they were getting two years ago and uh hey better late than never i guess i guess so i guess so like these he, he's got he's a guy that you're going to start counting on and i know arkansas has i'm gonna call it easy but two easier games at home with missouri who's winless and also vanderbilt who's not much better than winless because yeah. i think their only win is or they have two wins i guess technically they just beat a and m yeah, so, yeah. A&M and then uh, also beat missouri so you have some favorable games in front of you uh and we'll see if uh makai mitchell will continue to get to that point i'm, I'm kind of thinking if he has another big game against missouri he might be all SEC player of the week at least. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. If you if you throw it, throw it another, I mean, what do you have? 22, 21, 23 points? 22? Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. 22. 20, yeah, 22 which is in a this career game. high. So, and they yeah. had 21 in the last game, which I know it won't count right. towards the. We said the same thing whenever he had like a Kentucky, Missouri game. Yeah. We were like, if we could take the last week. But hey, that, that was two, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Now, that was, here he is. You know, here he is still playing well. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's start that campaign. We'll start there. Yeah. Let's have another 20 ball on Saturday against Missouri. Which he crushed against Missouri. What he had like nineteen and fourteen oh, last yeah. time. So yeah, yeah, if he just replicates that outing, we're looking at uh, get those get those stories ready. All SEC <laughs> Mekhi, or SEC Player of the Week, Makai Mitchell. I'm going to sign off on him. I'm going to sign off on him. Uh, I know we've been talking Arkansas, but I think it also needs to be said. And you brought it up a little bit, but Texas A&M's a bad basketball team. They're not good, and yeah. they were picked second preseason. Now, I know Arkansas was picked what were they fourth, fourth, fifth, somewhere in there, but and they've disappointed. No question about it. But here's the, I don't want to say here's the difference, but it is a difference. A&M returned most of their key pieces from last season. Now, Arkansas yeah. got a lot of transfers, and they had, you know, Diva coming back in Brazil, and there was a lot of expectations, also must. But this is, a, this is a team that returned their key players from last season, and they are on track to have not only a season where they missed the NCAA tournament, but have one of the worst seasons Buzz has had at A&M when yeah. he's got arguably some of his most talented team. Like it, Highest expectations, Yeah, for sure. like A&M, I'm not saying they're going to fire Buzz Williams, but if you're an A&M basketball fan, I don't know how many of them are out there, but if you are, you've got to be pretty pissed off by this. Like, dude, this was supposed to be the year you made strides, yeah. and here you are sitting at 15-11, and 6-7 and seven in SEC play. Two games separate Arkansas and A&M. Two games. That's, that's craziness. But, yeah, and, I mean, when we talk about Arkansas, we always talk about how Arkansas, under Eric Musselman, has those wins in the NCAA tournament and that success to kind of lean back on and that when things get frustrating, you can always be like, well, they always figure it out in March, and they have success to point to. A&M does not have an NCAA tournament win under Musk. They've only played in one NCAA tournament game – or under Buzz. They've only played in one NCAA tournament game. And so, yeah, I think it's year five for him now, and you're looking at zero NCAA tournament wins, only one game there. I mean – that's a uh, that's a tough selling point for that your program's headed in the right direction. Now Arkansas is not the one to be throwing stones here. Arkansas no, might not, not be headed all. in the right direction either. Not but like I said, like they they have at least some success here in the last few years to build on. And 
I think that's a great point that I mean you bring back Wade Taylor and you bring back Tyrese Radford you have all these pieces Henry Coleman was a huge player for them last year too it's like how are you how are you getting that much worse but hey Winning in college basketball is hard, but yeah, I think the SEC overall is just a little bit down this year. It is. It's it's got yeah Tennessee who's good. I still think Alabama is g- yeah. good. Both Auburn Alabama schools are like pretty, pretty good. Yeah, and they're at least gonna like make the tournament. Yeah, and like, tournament yeah, could good. win a game. Yeah, yeah, it's not gonna be setting the world on fire, winning a national championship, but uh, I, I which is crazy and disappointing too because there's a lot of coaches that were expecting to take strides which even something that surprised me is like florida's in the top 25 i, yeah, didn't I did not, not realize, realize it until you said it last night I was like, yeah what? and they play tonight which is a big game against alabama yeah. down there in tuscaloosa so uh, and like if yeah, florida's a top four team in the sec i just i don't think this is uh, all about all that yeah a peak year for the conference <laughs> yeah you have uh, five teams or six teams actually in the top 25 in the sec currently that's crazy but it's crazy talk yeah like you got tennessee's the highest at five alabama's 13 auburn's 14 Kentucky's still at 17. South Wait, Carolina, what? Yeah. <laughs> Kentucky's still at 17. At 17. And then huh. uh, South Carolina's at 20 and Florida's at 24. So, oh, uh, man. I And Ole Miss even is at 19 and 6 still. They're 6 and 6 in conference play, but 19 and 6 overall. Mississippi State's at 17 and 8, 6 and 6 overall. So you're right, though. There's just not. I don't, I don't know how great, Kentucky. But, I just look it up. Their, their net is number 20. They're 18 and 7. Now, I guess they've got. They're three and six against quad one teams. I don't know how Kentucky's net is up to twenty. Like the math doesn't really math there, but I don't know the net. I, I just I don't gave know up the net the either. Net. But I really expected Kentucky to be more on the bubble. I really thought they were teetering on the brink of the bubble, but she, they're twenty. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's it's Kentucky. The they're AP always going to get crazy. Yeah, they're always going to get those uh, those benefits. But still, yeah, you're right. It's. Like A&M, I think Arkansas bounced them out of the NCAA tournament talk, unless they just really go on yeah. a run. At well, the end cra- of the season. and again, it's like Lenardi, he bumped them down. But I think he still had them either in the last four in or the last four buys. Like he's he's yeah. it's, it hasn't really set in yet. I just I don't know what this resume is built on. I don't know mm-hmm. how A and M could possibly be in the NCAA tournament. But hey, it seems like they still have a fighting chance. I'm seeing their net is at fifty, which is like prime time bubble. Oh yeah, yeah. And they dropped losing... from forty five to fifty. I don't know how they only dropped five spots last night. <laughs> Arkansas yeah, moved up twelve. They're now one twenty four in the net. So, dude, did they break the triple digits? Is, is no, the they have not broken triple. Oh. They are still firmly in triple digits. I'm saying, like, <laughs> if they do that, like, what it would be like, almost like a feat of honor if they got to the end of the season and they finished the regular season in the top one hundred. They, and they're going to have to rankings. win by like twenty seven on Saturday to even move up at all. Which is possible. It is. It possible. is possible. Yeah. I mean, they were up bad. by twenty last time, but yeah. Uh, well, and a And M, they got Tennessee on the road next. That's a loss. Yeah. South Carolina at home, which. That's a game they, that's like you really need to win that because like South Carolina yeah. is still in that range of a good win, but they're not really a great team. They're like an overachieving mm-hmm. team. That's one where A&M, we'll see uh, if, they're, if they have any basketball fans, they'll show up for that one. But <laughs> Yeah, because not only that one, but then you go on the road to Georgia, which is always, I mean, they're better. I don't know what yeah. to think of them, but it could be a sneaky game. But then you get Mississippi State at home for A&M. And Mississippi State's going to be fighting for a bubble spot in a tournament, yeah. so it's going to be big. And then they finish the season at Ole Miss which is not easy. Yeah, so. not, I mean, they, they have a couple of those games that you just really like at Georgia is almost a must win in that mm-hmm. under that circumstance. I mean, they could they could finish the re- the, the last five games one and four. I mean, they realistically oh, very possibly, could. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be big for Texas A&M. And also, I think the, the when we'll play this too, at the end of the game or at the post game, the celebration, I, I always find these videos fun from like Hawks Plus when they get them, but it was kind of cool to see the celebration of uh, – the Hogs here after the game. The horn sounds and the ball game's over. The Razorbacks have come to College Station and beaten the Aggies 
Arkansas sweeps the season series from Texas A&M. The best 80 minutes that we put together all year right there. All right, two, we should have won the other night. Close game, we lose it, we come in here. Short turnaround, unbelievable game. Great, great effort. That's the toughest game. It's tough. It's tough this game. I love that he uh, he cited the short turnaround there. He did. Because it, it was a short turnaround. It was a short turnaround, but somehow it did not derail them. No. Great job, man. I'm proud of my team. We was able to get it done on the road. That's it. We're on to the next one. We're on to the next one. There you go. There you on to the go, next boys. one. On to the next one is what they're doing. So I, it's just nice to see some of the excitement and the smiling yeah. and everything just because, again, they haven't exactly had it going. But like you said, give an effort. Not, they could have easily given up on the season. They could have easily. easily said, all right, They probably I'm should done. have, honestly. You know I mean, I mean? We, like, we did. Yeah. <laughs> we did. Like, we were just like, dude, this is toast. After that Tennessee game, I was just like, just please put it out yeah. of its misery. And they still keep fighting. They still keep winning. Still, or at least competing hard. And also, after he said that we should have won that game against Mississippi State, which that yeah, I thought know, that was maybe. a Mason Jones reference. That's exactly what he said on Twitter. Should have won that. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe he he should have given a shout out to Mason Jones. We didn't win the other night. You guys didn't want to take the shots, but 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 y'all won the night. Good yeah, job. Uh, but you won here. But I I, I just thought that because uh, you met, I saw Jeremiah Davenport in there. And, you know, he, he looks so happy. He was happy. He was, he, dude, he's always energized. I couldn't believe he took 10 shots last night. He went four or 10. I didn't know he took that many. He took yeah, more shots than Kai Mitchell. He missed all the threes he took, didn't he? I he mean, did. He, just, he, he did. He sure did. But uh, I remember Jeremiah Davenport. Did. I don't remember what home game it was. I guess it was a South Carolina one, maybe. But he was the one that talked to the media. And I just remember him being so sad up there. Like, he just looked depressed. And oh, it was see, like, you could sad. tell it was really taking a toll on these guys of like, you know, like Jeremiah Davenport, those Cincinnati teams weren't like tremendous. But he, you know, he's not used to just being in an inept basketball situation. L. Ellis has obviously lost plenty in his career, but I mean, like a lot mm-hmm. of these guys have just not been used to the adversity that they face this season. It really bummed them out. So, you know, it's good to see them still trying, still, you know, as we say, holding on to the rope. But uh, holding on to the rope, baby. Like, yeah. I mean, what what's the best case scenario for this team the rest of the way? I mean, honestly, like, is it so just how many games? Right, it's our five favorite games. game. Five games left. Five games. Well, they're gonna, these next two games, they, 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 their, they, they, they should win all their home games. They should absolutely. I mean, LSU is, is apparently better than we thought, but at home, you still expect to beat them. Vandy at home, Missouri at home. those you got to win those three. So, I mean, what would that bring Arkansas to? Seven SEC wins if they mm-hmm. won those three? Yep. I think Arkansas could, uh, could mess around and get to eight SEC wins. Who would they have to beat? It would be Bama and Kentucky or the other two? Uh, the road games, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean. They, the only, I, I don't see them beating Bama. They're not Kentucky's the best chance. Kentucky is their best and probably only chance to win uh, a, a marquee game down the stretch. I'm, I'm not going to pick them. I'm not going to pick no, them to beat but Kentucky. I mean, but no. hey, last year, Makai yeah. Mitchell, if he, I mean, that's, that, that's the team he loves playing. Arkansas apparently. played well at Rupp the last, you know, half yeah. decade or so. What was it last year? Beat the crap out of them. Oh, yeah. It's like they, they and had then lost to him in Bud Walton. So. Yeah, it was when Devo got ejected. But I remember seeing. People leave. Devo ejected himself early from the Kentucky game this time. Yeah, <laughs> very, very advised and not even he showing just went up. And got it out of the way. Just didn't even show up. He, he doesn't like, like playing Kentucky. He doesn't like yes. playing Kentucky. Speaking of uh, not showing up, Devo did not show up last night. Man, seven minutes almost. The only stat that he put into the box score, other than minutes played, was two turnovers. 
He and had three fouls in there. Three oh, yeah, fouls. sorry, three fouls, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, hey, luckily Trash. there was a different in-state guard who did show up last night. Dude, Layden, blocker. Hey, look, look, his, his stat first line, three. His stat line does not look super out of this world. You know, 23 minutes, five yeah. points, three rebounds, two assists, block, couple steals. He was all over the place, man. His energy was, was very palpable. Uh, plus 17 in 23 minutes, like – he I was all over the place. He was jumping on the floor. Like, mm-hmm. he was very prominent in this game. And it was about, about as much as you could do. Whereas, like, you see some of those guys where they, they fill up the stat sheet, but you're like, oh, damn, I don't really remember, like, them having a bunch of moments. Like, Layden was all over the place defensively. He was. The one block and two steals, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if both of those numbers had been higher because it felt like he was in on, like, every passing lane. He was there being physical. Like, I, I loved his energy last I night. I mean, truly, the best players in this game, and I'm not saying these are the starting five, but I'm just saying the – Five best players of this game, of course, was Tremont Mark, Makai Mitchell, Jeremiah Davenport, Layden Blocker, and Caleb Battle. I, I mean, that, that's yeah. who the, the best five players were. And guy like, uh, you know, Devo was a no-show. And, you know, L. Ellis, I know people really love to hate on him and stuff. He didn't have a great game. I'm not going to say he is, but he played 26 minutes. I think defensively he was a lot better, but only had one point. <laughs> Took three shots, though. But, uh, you know, Arkansas limited the turnovers, only 11 turnovers to 12 assists, uh, had yeah. eight block shots. So, I, I don't know. I, I just think that it was it was a weird game. It's been a weird stretch, but they've got it done. And speaking of L. Ellis, I did want to bring this up, too. That picture of the – because they always like to take the, <laughs> the picture the of the plane <laughs> after a game. Okay, so – It's not a happy flight. Yeah, here's the picture. What is happening over here with L. Ellis? He looks he looks like somebody literally just you know called him a word he didn't like to be called yeah. and about to kill somebody. He yeah, he looked like he was like he maybe like mean. about to about to settle in for his his flight nap and then they were like, "Hey, let's take this picture." And he's like, oh, "Had Dude, to get up." Like, "Come on, man. Come on, man." But like everybody's smiling. I was like looking at Caleb Battle. He's this close to throwing the A. He is this close. Yeah, he, he looks like he's about put the, to. Put those together and just go ahead and uh, hit it. Yeah, but you got uh I guess uh, Chandler over here throwing the shocker kind of looks like yeah, it is. Love that. Uh, I mean, look, Keon didn't play. He's happy. And D- Devo was trash, but he was happy. Uh, you know, Brazil, I don't, you know, his knee soreness, even though he's dunking in games, he's kind of happy. He looks it. <laughs> Everybody looks happy. And then you oh, got yeah. L. Just pissed at the world. I, but here's the thing. He was actually celebrating. I would love, to see, I would love to see like eight seconds after that photo to see like what the vibes were like. If everybody was like, all right, now let's go to. Because I mean, it was probably pretty late they're trying to get on the plane they're like all right we got to get out of here i mean how many times do you think that when they take these pictures do they take it do they they, there's one picture and that's it or do you think that that time okay we got to do another one guys got to do another one i bet it's one quick one and let's all go to sleep yeah i think so well and i I love all of them are just i mean it is so apparent (laughs) he's not happy i mean there could not be a meaner look there but (laughs) like i don't want to start stuff i'm just saying that he's he was a guy who's celebrating in the locker room so nobody start thinking that he's like mad noting that this is not like directly post game this is multiple hours after the game you know so it's like uh, you know not smiling for a picture is not a crime yeah it doesn't mean he hates arkansas but because but people are going to start that if you're like oh man he must have been mad at at, at that team he's mad because it's about his role in the offense yeah Yeah. he's mad about the fact he got 26 minutes yeah i'm sure i'm yeah. sure he's really upset by it. but i like had to show in that that picture just absolutely cracked me up that was that was outstanding it was a it was cool to see uh oh, yeah. a few comments though here uh, apparently ac23 says the replay of the game is on espn so if you right missed now. it go check it on, yeah. the, on the u on the u because they have nothing better to play uh razorback rock says blocker as wild as walsh let him loose very proud of the effort determination as of late 
this game was a team effort for a change. So how about that? Yeah. Okay. So Layden Blockers enough. is wild as Walsh. <laughs> he certainly think likes that. to I think I might have said something about how he's he fouls as much as Walsh. Uh, where he's he like has he's the leads the team in those like high foul games where you only play like twelve minutes and you're like how'd you get four fouls like I think he had four fouls in twenty three minutes last night which at least twenty three is an extended but he's had a uh, he's had some weird games like that but yeah him and Walsh he's the only person that comes close to replicating to the defensive impact that Walsh had and I don't think he's on that level quite yet no but I love the way he was he was given that effort and oh, yeah. you know impacting the game any way he can yeah and then Vince for me says uh Ellis is finally going over screens instead of under L Ellis not you yeah Ellis, not me yeah, yeah I'm not going over the screens no, he's, yeah you're going he's going he's going uh, over the screen instead of under so yeah I'm uh, I like that and then also Nick says we are seven and two when giving up 75 points for less I'm not even going to fact check them. I, I'll, I'll believe I'll, it. I'll believe it too. But that's kind of goes to the point of what I was saying is like they won so many slugfests the last few years and they're not in a ton of these slugfests. Like they've only given up less than 75 points nine times. And I'm sure five or six of those were in non conference play. Like that's tough. But mm -hmm. hey, there you go. The key is just don't give up a ton of points and you might win. That is a great strategy. I hope they continue yeah. to do that from it's here on It's crazy that it's taken them this long to get to that point where they were like, hey, let's just not give up 100 points. And when you do that, good things can happen. Because uh, the only game that I think Arkansas's won where they gave up a ton of points was the Missouri game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they had a game against, like, Wilmington, I think, where it was, like, 99 Oh, yeah, 97-83 was Furman. 97-83, yeah. Yeah, that was Furman. Furman, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, really high scoring. And then, yeah, Wilmington, too, 106-90. to I forgot how high scoring that one was. That's what I was thinking of, yeah. Right. And then uh, Missouri was 91-84 in that one. But, yeah, not a, not a lot of games where – because that was what was weird, Andrews. Not like yesterday's game, I wouldn't consider it to be like if you look at the score of 78 to 71, it's not a high scoring game, but it's not a low score game. But yet, yeah, the yeah. offense for both sides, they both shot under 40 percent. Well, in AM in the second half, what wasn't in the second half for AM? They, I guess, they shot 26.3 percent, 10 of 38. That even feels high because there was a point where they were like two for 20 something. I think like, they were sitting at rough. like 11 percent. Yeah, it was uh, so they get they kind of got hot down the stretch, and I mentioned <laughs> some of those guards that. Had like uh, Tyrese Radford ended up with ten second half points, very deceiving because I think those all came in the last few minutes when it was kind of decided. Yeah, rough, uh, rough showing offensively for the Aggies. I mean, look, I don't know what's going to happen to A and M down the stretch, but this has just got to be a game that you look. I mean, really, both Arkansas games where you look back and you're like, how in the heck did we let that one slip? Like, how did we just mm -hmm. lay an egg and? Uh, yeah, look, maybe it's just a tough matchup because you remember when they when they came to Bud Walton, we were like, man, that's the worst game A and M will ever play. No. Turns out they're going to be even worse than Reed Arena, man. So it's just that's that's brutal. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's where it's like, I, you know, I think Buzz is a good coach, but that frustration is warranted if you're like, hey, how did you end up being 15-11 with this older roster? You brought back all the guys, and you're losing to this Arkansas team that is dying to lay over and quit. Like, they yes. are dying. Yes, you've lost now three straight games, and two of those games were to two of the arguably worst teams you in the SEC. You cannot lose to One Vanderbilt and Auburn or Arkansas in the same week and then expect to be taken seriously. You just no, can't. No, which is why I'm not. I'm not yeah. taking A&M seriously, and they don't need to be taken seriously, and I don't want to hear anybody complain. They should all they be thrown in jail, up. actually. Yeah, they should all be uh, tarred and feathered <laughs> out in College Station. We never want to see them again. They were. I saw, I saw a few fans walking out of the arena, and they said, Man... How come Buzz? Ugh, how come he can't win the big games, man? That's what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. Did anyone answer him? I don't know. I think mm. they. I think there might have been. There might have been a few more. Yeah, man. I don't know, dude. I don't know. That's that's crazy. Yeah, that's what they were doing. Yeah, because it's the, it's the uh 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 like that. They, they do stuff, weird like they like. like uh, they like it looks like they they're like convulsing almost. Yeah, it looks like, like they'll like be talking mid combo. And they're like, yeah, man. I was at the game the other. 
It's like they just bounce around. It just like, is there a so fly busy. around you? Like, or is it, is yeah, there a, it's a bee, they're like, just is there a bee going moving their body in weird directions. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. Like, the only thing that I see that they did, at least last night or just in general in the stands, is when they put their arms around each other and they do that. I'm like, okay, at least I can see, like, what's happening. It's like their slow version but, of the swag surf. Right, right. <laughs> I think, honestly, they will probably take credit for the swag surf. By the way, student sections around America, stop doing it. It's yeah. no longer cool. It was really cool for a while there. It's no longer cool. There's there's a lot of things that get played out pretty quickly in Swag Surf. One of them. Remember the uh, uh, Harlem Shake that yeah, got played out very Harlem quickly. Yeah, Harlem Shake was unreal. There was like very quickly. I remember Les Miles had a uh, had a Harlem mm-hmm. Shake. Like it had yeah, a real run. But uh, the internet does that where it's like something will be cool, and then like a year and a half later, the weird people get a hold of it, and they're like, do it like the gritty. Yes. You remember when the gritty. I was actually Everybody talking to, to someone it. about this the other day. The gritty was cool for a while. You mm-hmm. remember that? Oh yeah. And then all of a sudden, like the twelve-year-olds playing Fortnite got a hold of it. It's tough. Yeah. Cam Little doing it on the LSU logo was. Yeah, that was Pete that gritty. was cool. That was pure. Yeah, that was Pete gritty. Pete and, gritty. Yeah. And then. Uh, you know what I'm sick like, of so. seeing? I just caught a first down, and now I'm. Yeah, people wh- that do like the wiping their nose thing, the slime. Where did that thing. come from? I want to say it's a it's a like a young thug, okay. slime type of thing. I don't know kids but, these days. Yeah, and what I don't they know. Want, and then they're but machines. again, it was like it was cool for a little bit when like Justin Jefferson was doing it. Yeah, when the the fourteen year old white guy for Springdale High get does it, it's not cool. Is there anything that's like not played <laughs> out, laid out, and Chick Fil A out? Like, is there something that's like that's been around forever? Like, every time they do it, it's like it's still going, it's still happening. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think with celebrations. As particularly any dance celebration, they all get run into the At ground pretty point. aggressively. Yeah, uh, Soldier Boy, I feel like did, did Soldier Boy get lame? I was young. I, I was don't young. think so. I don't <laughs> think so. I think it got lame for a bit, but then it came yeah. back, and everyone's been sticking with well, it. Well, then now it's like a classic where it's like, oh, he's yeah. doing the Soldier. But I remember when I was like in fourth grade, and we were in PE doing the Soldier Boy. <laughs> like they would play the song, and we oh were, my gosh, so yeah. I was like, man. Between that and then, uh, um, it wasn't really necessarily a dance, but the uh, Old Town Road when all the kids started singing that song like crazy. Oh, uh, Old Town Road was Nas X, it got yeah. uncool quick, and I loved Old Town Road. It was a great song, but man, it, it got uh, yeah. when it was like ultimate ballpark walk up song oh, that yeah. year. It was everybody was doing it. Yeah, it's like when, yeah when the elementary school like I saw when I see that video of the elementary school kids singing out Mobamba, I'm like Mobamba, <laughs> what is happening? It's like sending the nukes. Is Mobamba is Mobamba the worst athlete that's had a song named or even referenced in a man. song? Like it's kind of Tyler crazy. Hero might be pretty bad. Tyler Hero's tough. Yeah. But it's yeah. not that he's like horrible, but it's just like of all the athletes. <laughs> At least out Tyler there. Hero was cool with like Jack Harlow, who was famous. It's kind of crazy that Mo Bamba just happened to be buddies with this guy who was a like fringe rapper that nobody had ever heard of, and they mm-hmm. happen to have a huge hit song. Yeah, like I wish I could get that famous. I knew somebody, and they could just make a hit song. And, I, and I wonder how many me. people know the song and don't even realize that Mo Bamba is a human being that like plays basketball. I was one of the people that actually was that person for a while until I found out later. I was like, oh. He Unfortunately, exists. I was a huge NBA draft guy at this point, and I thought Mo Bamba was going to be a tantalizing prospect. I thought he was going to be awesome. So I was all in, and then the <sighs> song ended up outliving him. It happens, man. It's 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 We all get them wrong sometimes. Hey, we, you know, we were talking about stuff that remains cool. Anything that like only LSU does, I hate to admit it, everything that they do at LSU football games remains cool. Dude, playing neck, I don't care what anybody that's says. So that's cool. That's cool. Really cool. And then Colin Baton Rouge, when they'll start screaming oh, out that, that's awesome. That one is sick, man. I get chills when they sing yeah. Colin Baton Rouge at the baseball game. And I'll even give credit to Alabama, and maybe not everybody's going to agree, but I think the two things I remember from when I went to the Alabama game of them doing, of course, Sweet Home Alabama, mm-hmm. Roll, Tide, Roll, and then the 
Dixieland Delight because that's really who okay. made the Dixieland Delight famous. I feel like I, it definitely did. And so I want to this. It came on the other day when I was with Curtis and Scotty at the ballpark, and I was like, man, I love this so much. Like I love because they always play it after the seventh inning stretch. Yeah, do you take me out of the ball game? Led by Kevin Trainer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Were you there the other day when yes. he sang it? That was awesome. Yes, I'm like, man, Kevin, <laughs> getting it. Hearing it, seeing it, feeling it, but uh, I love when they'll like on a Saturday or like a Friday night, Arkansas's up four to two. Oh, yeah, you got Gage Wood coming in for the and it's like that song hits, man. But I, but Curtis was like, I wish they could just only play this at Alabama, and I'm like, sure, and it is cool there, but but here's the thing, it's, it's I think it's like ex- anywhere in the south it plays, yeah, but it's, about, it's a song about Tennessee. Yeah, you know, so it's like it's not like it's not like country roads, West Virginia, and then like other people are wanting to do it, even though that is like West Virginia. That's the one that makes sense. Yeah, or calling Baton Rouge makes sense, but right, the Dixieland Delight thing, I feel like is open because it's like okay, Alabama, it's not even about you. It has nothing to do with you, yes. but you just kind of took well, it as like, yours. If it's in the title, if it was like Tennessee whiskey or like something yeah. like that, where it's like okay, that is very specific, but Dixieland Delight. That's just because the band's named we, Alabama. We're in the, we're in the Dixieland. I mean, yeah, uh, come yeah. on. I mean, everybody can make up their own lyrics if you know they want to. I like. They don't play it a lot, but the one that's like Alabama down yes. to Georgia when they're like doing that road tide road. Yeah. <laughs> that one just gets. I forgot what song. Who did that song? Man, I should know that. I've heard it a million times. Uh, Sweet yeah. Southern Comfort is the name of the yes, song. That's yes. the name of the song. Yeah, that's a great one. There's something like that that we can do it. And no, also, the, by yeah. the way, vids for me. We're not t- hating on Tyler Hero. We're just saying that. Of all the songs, because I feel like you got to no, be yeah. a pretty famous, well, also, well-known, big-time person. To have a I song am actually hating on Tyler here. That guy's a weirdo. I don't. I never liked him. But, yeah. I well, mean, also he's a Kentucky guy, so yeah. like it takes Shea Gilgis Alexander is like the only Kentucky guy I think I've ever liked, or like gone out of my way to be like, you know what, this guy's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And really, he was more after Kentucky. It's not like. You know, but a lot of the Kentucky guys are easy to hate. Tyler Hero was very easy mm. to hate. To me, I hated John Wall and Demarcus Cousins. I hated both of them when they were at Kentucky. Oh yeah, yeah. So I love John Wall. Oh, that was another dance. Yeah, the you John remember doing Wall the John Wall. <laughs> his uh, right. his debut, he did the like Dougie too. The Dougie was cool. The for Dougie a while. was cool. Like, yeah, there was again things that were cool for a bit, yeah. and then like every time, every so often, I feel like the Carlton dance comes back for a second. Oh, the Carlton. Yeah, yeah. Everyone does that for a little bit, so. I don't know. Like, but yeah, yeah. the dance but yeah, Tyler to, Hero, it's not that chill. he's bad. It's just that he's one of the worst basketball players to have a song named. That's after what we're him. saying. Gotta yes. be. I mean, yes. that'd be crazy if there was like, you know, a Malik Monk song. Yeah. Who's like, you know, Malik Monk and Tyler Hero, comparable NBA players. Yeah. If there was a song named Malik Monk, we'd be like, hey, what the hell? Like, yeah. You know, he's or not like, good like, like a Bobby Portis, even. Like, yeah, Bobby Portis like, had a everyone, song. Everyone would be like, we'd like it. But yeah, that would be a weird one. Yeah. Yeah. What about Keon Minifield? He's still doing rap. He had, he's had two mixtapes released in the last year. But I don't know. It was, I guess it was a few months that he had like a little seven him. or eight song. His name on Spotify is FBE Keon. FBE Keon. Right. Go check him out. Got to got to play his stuff. Maybe we can do a collab. I know we need to get him in here and you know so we can talk about it. So he, yeah. he can tell us the story. You think he's like a freestyle rapper? Like, can you like rip us a new one? Well, while hey, he's we always talk about who's going to come back on next year's team. The only guy I really truly am going to be devastated if he doesn't come back is Keon. Keon. Yeah, I'm with you. As far as realistic ones coming right, back. Right, right. Yeah. But I guess we were talking yesterday, people saying the Devo, <laughs> Devo's coming back. If he wants to come back, cool. Like, I'll, I'll gladly welcome him back. Like, it is what uh, it is. Yeah, I, I have, have a hard time believing it. it. Me too. Um, and I just, like, I, I can't, my brain can't really visualize it. He would have to be, I mean, he would have to be one of the very, 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 very few players in college basketball that played five years not yeah. like oh got hurt got an injury no yeah not played used five years of eligibility five, yes. played them all yes and like played significant roles and minutes and everything like that would be insane so wouldn't that be crazy if that ends up happening but we got a long way till we get to that point but we are going to take 
I'll break here real quick, folks. But I want to tell you uh, about something very important to us here on the John Neighbor Show as well as Natty State Sports. We got to tell you about one of our favorite people that is Superior Contracting and Development out of Valonia. Now, that's because they're out of Valonia does not mean that they're not statewide because they are statewide here in the Natty State. And they are licensed residential and commercial contractors specializing in all aspects of home rebuilding and remodeling. They handle everything from fencing to drainage, additions of remodeling, or it could be of your existing structure all the way to land development and ground up construction as well. So you can call them today for your interior and exterior construction and remodeling needs at 501-453-3053. That's 501-453-3053. You can also email them at contracting at superiorarc.com, superiorark.com. You'll get immediate responses, and you can also check out their website at superiorarc.com. That's superiorark.com. No matter what it is when it comes to all things interior and exterior construction and remodeling, check it out today with Superior Contracting and Development and by calling them at 501 501- Four five three thirty fifty three. We'll take a break and come back with more of the John Neighbors Show here live from the United States Sports Studios. So stay with us. We not done yet either. So don't be satisfied. We not done. I mean, honestly, I don't really remember post game. I guess I black out after games, winning and losing. You missed it. You missed it. You missed the game. Just tell me you missed it. I'm not going to go to the game. And that will be the last question I answer with that hat on. <laughs> oh, shoot. That is why Arkansas is fantastic. Yes, sir. Why did that happen in Fayetteville, Arkansas? What, what took you there? It's just visiting, so weird. It's visiting just, friends, uh, okay. but... Yeah, Dixon Street. Dixon Street? <laughs> yeah, Dixon yeah. Street. It was, uh, it'll get you. Best guys, uh, I know it's a tough time for you. Uh, the coach is gone, but you've got a new coach now, and you got to listen to what he says. Okay, I know you're thinking, oh, who is this new guy? Where's the other guy that crashed the motorcycle? We like him better. He was cool or whatever. Forget about all that. Listen to the new coach and get out there and win some games. You guys act like it's, pick it up a little bit, okay? Get your chin up. Smile. Smile. I was a teacher today. Told those boys, welcome to the SEC. Fayetteville is 1,843 miles away, but the call of the Hawks can be heard all the way to San Francisco. Let's take my dick in the mashed potato. Go Hawks. Powered by Arkansas for Arkansas. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. The John Neighbors Show is live from the Natty State Sports Studios. All right, welcome back into the John Neighbors Show here live from the Natty State Sports Studios. Appreciate everybody listening in this afternoon as me and Andrew have been holding it down. We're going to have Tyler Spoon. Former Razorback great, which uh, I was talking with uh, Andrew, I guess. I thought that he was all SEC, and he was a, pre- he was a freshman all SEC. Or all American. Freshman all America. Okay. I, I noticed it the other day. So I would have guessed, if you had put a gun to my head the other day, I would have been like, oh, he probably made an all SEC team. Yeah, yeah for but sure. I, but then the more I think about it, he played outfield. And when, if you play outfield in the SEC, you know, there's only six that get on it. You better be raking. Because, yeah. I mean, think about the, the outfielders typically every year. I mean, there's like four or five that hit 20 home runs. Uh, so it makes a little bit of sense. But, yeah, I saw him the other day when I was walking out of bomb. So they had, like, all the All-Americans listed on this stuff. And I was like, oh, Tyler Spoon, it's our buddy. 
And uh, yeah, good for him. Yeah, I, mean, I I thought for some reason, like even when we talked last week with him, that he was a highly recruited player, and he and he. Well, because yeah, he was, I mean, he was freshman American, but he was good right away. Like I remember yeah. his like first weekend, you know, him hitting in like the cleanup spot, and I was like, oh crap, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I remember being like, and then obviously Spoon, like it didn't take long for him to resonate with fans and stuff like that. So yeah, it's like I, I he had, he had so much. And he, he was there for four years and played a lot all four years too, right? Yeah. So I guess we just remember so many big moments that were like, oh, that must have formulated into something, right? But I guess it was just kind of spread out. Yeah. I mean, baseball is a weird thing, especially in the state of Arkansas. So you talk about in-state recruiting. You know, there's guys that you feel like are, are surefire guys that are coming out of the state, highly recruited guys coming out of the state. Yeah, it seems like just go down to Bryant every year and you'll find someone that's good. <laughs> yeah. You know, whoever like, Bryant's two best players are every just year, just take them. Yeah, yeah, just take them. And then, like, you have them. Like, every time, so often, Fayetteville High School will have one or two yeah. here and there. Harbor's and been having some, Harbor, some good teams yep. the last few years. Yep, for Harbor's sure. been in there. And then you just kind of throw in some randoms, you know, like uh, like a Tyler Spoon from Van Buren or Van Buren, yeah, uh, yeah. Gage Wood from Batesville. My favorite's you know? Casey Martin from Lone Oak, the oh, Jackrabbits. Oh, gosh, the Jackrabbits. <laughs> man, I forgot he was from Lone Oak. He had the tats like he was from Lone Oak, too, man. Oh, man, he had the tree line tattoo. That's oh, a classic. Heck yeah. That's <laughs> a classic. Dude, that was good times Cody Scroggins also had the tree line tattoo. He's from Bentonville? Yes, he was yeah, from he's, Bentonville. he's from close, he, yeah. He was in Northwest. So I feel like if you're from Northwest Arkansas and you got the tree, eh, I don't know. All right. That. It's like, it's like, yeah, was, Bentonville also is like not of the all sticks the North, by any, yeah, about to say, by Of all the Northwest <laughs> Arkansas cities, Bentonville definitely not the case. If you're but. from Bentonville nowadays, like you probably have blue hair at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, nowadays Bentonville's like it's it's uppity. Yeah, it's it's almost like Austin, Texas, pretty yeah, much. It's better like same get dolled thing. up if you're going to Bentonville. It's, it's going to be the same hey, but thing. If Tyler Spoon, if they had did the All SEC teams based on handsomeness, I feel like Tyler Spoon easily would have been first team at least two or three times. Oh yeah, easily one of the most handsome Razorback outfielders we've ever seen. Yeah, I'd say so. He, he you know, he's a him and uh, I think Dominic Fletcher is a good looking Dominic dude. Dominic Fletcher is a good, but short. Yeah, so, yeah, How short is he though? He's like five nine, I think five is nine, he five really? ten. Why yeah. did I think he was taller than? But that? that's how cool he is. Is that like you don't even notice? Yeah. He's like Benetendi was small too. So. Benetendi and Benetendi was a handsome dude too. Mm-hmm. At twenty fifteen outfield, I mean, I guess Joe Serrano, not a handsome guy. Uh, you know, but I guess that that, that, that twenty fifteen outfield had some had some babes on it. That's right. That's we were right. Talking, you know, when when Spoon was at our uh, launch party the other day, I was talking to him, and maybe it was just the drinks or whatever. But I was I got lost in his eyes, man. I was I was like. Jeez. <laughs> That'd be a great segment. I'm sure everyone would want to hear. Let's just do the power rings of the best looking Razorback baseball players. I'm glad players. no one filmed that interaction. I was like, I, thought I almost, it was, it was crazy, man. Yeah. It, was, <laughs> it reminded me of the thing on, because I love the NBA on TNT when uh, Charles Barkley is talking, or was it Shaq? One of the two, but they were talking about when they met Tom Brady. And yes. uh, they know Shaq, it's, he's just like, man, that was a beautiful man. He's like, I just got lost talking to him and everything. He just they lost train laughing. of thought. It's like, I don't know what he said. But yeah, man. it's like, he's just, he just got lost in his eyes. He's a beautiful man. So. Uh, a few guys, uh, people, uh, everybody coming into the comments. Got Jeremy says, do you guys think that Brazil comes back, transfers or go NBA draft? His stock has got to take a huge hit. He's going NBA. I think he's going NBA. This draft class absolutely it sucks. sucks. So it's, it's like trash. if he's not going to get – and also the biggest misconception of all time is that people could come back to school and improve their stock. It happens on occasions. It does every now and then. But, not but most often. of the time, like if you're going to be a year older, you better be way better. Mm-hmm. So like if you were going to come back to Arkansas, I don't know how he would like – because he would be 21, 22. Like, this would be, I guess this is his junior year now, or his third year in college. Third year, yeah. Yeah, he'd be a senior. It's like seniors don't really go in the lottery unless they average like 25 and 12. And so it just. Like it Buddy Heel type players. Right. Yeah. Like, and even he is like, well, had to really ball out just to get in that consideration. So it's like, 
I think I think any, anytime you can start getting paid, I think you should do it. And this year's draft class, I mean, we talked about it on the six pack one episode. We pulled it up. Like that Reed Shepard kid from Kentucky, the white dude, is like projected to go eleventh overall. Dalton Connect's going to be a top ten pick, and he's good. But it's like this, it's a pretty weak draft class overall. Yeah, I don't I don't think Khalil Ware is going to but go like seventeen overall, and now we're not even sure he can do anything. Dude, if you're an NBA franchise and this was a year where you traded away a lot of your picks or like you're probably like, <laughs> you're like yeah you're we like, timed it out perfectly or you're the idiot that's like you know what we'll trade away shea for three first rounders in 2024 i'm yeah. sure it'll be great yeah yeah <laughs> and you'll just get a bunch of guys that uh, you'll get trevin brazil like type players you i, I want to say is it next year where it's they're letting high school kids go is that official it wasn't. I don't know. I don't know if it's I remember official. them talking about. I feel it, like but. years ago there was a point because I remember Wojnarowski, Wojnarowski, yeah. talking on ESPN, and he was like, "The league is kind of like there's a value where it's like before you could just throw in first, second round picks to make any trade. The 2025 picks, people were like, you can't trade those. Those are because that's going to end up being the most whatever year is the first year they do it is going to be the most loaded draft class ever because you're going to have like two classes worth of top prospects. So, uh, but this is not one of those years. No. I think this is the year where. You go ahead and get rid of those. You know, if you want to trade for that guy at the deadline, give them all your picks. Mm-hmm. All you can, because yeah, I was. It's kind of like I never care about the NBA draft much, anyways. But yeah, looking at all these mock drafts, I'm like, I don't even know who these people yeah, it's, are. Yeah, it's, it's a it's slim pick, and honestly, like, like Ron Holland will probably be what a top five pick. Yeah, I think he was projected to go fourth last I checked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then like the NBA draft is always a little weird, where it's like basically past the lottery. If you can draft a guy who will even be on your team in three years, that's a good pick. Yeah, like Pat, like guys that go seventeen overall are really not expected to do that much. No, no not at all. Uh, and uh, we were talking about Devo coming back. Razor Rec Rock says Devo better bring his back his defense if he wants to stay. That would be nice. Uh huh. That would be nice. And bring look, back something. Give us something, Devo. Yeah, I, something. I mean, I don't know. I think we've always kind of joked that this whole narrative that he's this lockdown defender is built on a few stretches of really good defense. And we see like flashes of it every now and then, but I think the, you know, we've, we've kind of figured out that he's not really the guy you just put on an Island and you're like, Oh, he's going to take out this player. He's not that level of uh, a yeah. guy. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, uh, I, I just never know what to expect for Devo. And last night it was just like, he might as well not even played. No, and then yeah. there's some nights where it's like, man, you really needed him, and gra- glad that he showed up. So it, it's just that's that's who he is. It's who it is in his entire career, and that's just the way it's always. You know, to Devo be, did so. not have the worst plus minus on the team last night. I know it's sad. Yeah, who El, did? El Boogie. El yeah. Boogie had a minus ten in 26 minutes. He had Jeez. a tr- he had a he had a one 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 stat line. The 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 tr- truly the triple single. Yeah, J- Devo had the triple zero. Uh, L had the triple single. Mm, that's terrible. That's terrible. I know we're going to have uh, our guy, Tyler Spoon, join us in here in just a little bit, but wanted to remind everybody that us at the Natty State Sports Crew, we're going to be down at Arlington. Fun, man. We're leaving tomorrow morning, and it's going to be awesome. Like, I mean, we have been looking forward to this trip for a while, but what was funny is that originally it was just going to be uh, Branson, our uh, our guy here. Our, I guess he's a CEO. We'll call him CEO. It sounds official. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to have Branson and me and Andrew. And then Curtis and Scotty were going to stay back and do a little basketball stuff. But then we're like, you know what? <laughs> the basketball team forced our hand. <laughs> yeah, it forced our hand. So let's just do something more fun as an entire crew. So now the entire crew, all of us, are going to be heading down to Arlington starting tomorrow. And they have a practice there at Globe Life from 3 to 5. That's when the Razorbacks will be. So we'll have to be there at the practice. Hopefully getting a lot of great content. And we'll be doing live streams from down there. We'll be hanging out at Texas Live. We're staying at the Lowe's. So it's right there. there we, don't, we only have to get in our cars once we're there. 
to be no, honest. Yeah. So we're not Which, leaving the Arlington. Thank God we don't have to operate heavy machinery or vehicles this weekend. That's right. That's right. Because uh, I feel like if we did, we'd be in trouble and things would be bad. But Hey, John, I've got it on very good authority that Hagen Smith this week, he took it personally. He didn't like what happened last Friday. I don't think anybody did. He didn't like it at all. And uh, Hagen Smith, if you, he's not a super talkative guy. He's not. If you think there's nothing going on behind those quiet eyes, he's locked. He's a killer, man. So mm-hmm. it's like I, I bet he hasn't slept once mm-hmm. since I think he's just one of those dudes. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying he's going to shove and go seven shutout innings, but it's like I, I think you're going to see a much, much better Hagen Smith, um, which, you know, we've seen more often than not yeah. throughout his career. I mean, his dude's well, very good. And not only that, but it would be a great thing to do it against Oregon State. Oh, would just, be perfect, Just because of the last time you guys faced each other. If there is other. a God, we will yeah. find out Friday. It will be nice to see that. By the way, it's funny that uh, and are, are any Arkansas fans traveling to Arlington, don't be afraid to ruffle some feathers because Oregon State, oh, yeah. their coach was asked if he's like, oh, is this going to be like a big game for y'all? And he's like, no, there's no added. You know, this is yeah, yeah. just a team we, we beat in the, the national 12. championship. No big deal. Yeah, it is what it is. And he obviously wasn't the coach when they won. But uh, they, I don't think they are – this is one of those games where Arkansas cares more than Oregon State, mm-hmm. and it needs to show on the field and in the in the uh, you know in the crowd. And I have no doubt Arkansas fans are going to have them like, oh yeah, it's going to be not even close. Oh, yeah. But I think uh, Arkansas fans need to take that per- you know take it personally and really they make will. it a rowdy make it a rowdy Arlington Globe Life Field, which Curtis and I looked up today is ranked the twenty second MLB stadium out of thirty. Is it really? Uh, according to some list of some guy that seemed seemed like he knew what he was talking uh, about. Jeez, I've been there. I thought it was really nice. It is. Well, it is really nice. It's very. He said it looked like a warehouse, uh, which isn't inaccurate. Uh, yeah, that's. I guess that's true. It's such a big building. Yeah. Uh, I also thought it seated more. Like it's not even in the top ten in terms of like I mean, how capacity. Many people, how many people can be in there? Like. 25,000? I, like I think it's like 45,000. Uh, That's which, not in the top 10? I thought, geez. Dude, MLB, MLB parks are crazy. Do you Because know I know the, Dodgers are the biggest ones still, right? And I, do you know who's number two? You would never guess it. And then like something weird like Tampa or something well, like I'll that? Well, I'll tell you, this this stadium might not be in use in the coming years. Okay. Oakland. Oakland Coliseum apparently seats like 63K or something crazy like that. I would have never guessed they, that. Those, those seats are never filled up. But yeah, we were looking at it today, and this guy was just like, yeah, you know, Globe Life, just a big old... Big old warehouse, but uh, what I like about it, I don't like the Texas Rangers. You can't really tell it's the Texas Rangers Park just no. by looking at it, which I feel like is probably knocks it for most people. But in terms of the context of what we're about to do this weekend, I, I could not love it more because it's oh, just yeah. a humongous MLB park for us to goof around in. Yeah, and I, there's gonna I be like a ton it, of hog fans there. It's the like weather's seven, gonna be. There's perfect. like seven floors. Yeah, if you get on the elevator, there's like a you yeah. can go all over the place. Yeah, the weather's perfect too. Like oh, for yeah. those of you, again, we know a lot of people going down. Like we checked that for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's nothing but sunny, and yeah. the temperatures highs vary between seventy two and eighty two. Hey, what do you think the chances perfect. are that they open the roof? I'd say none. I, 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 hope I would so, say but none, I'd say none. But I was there in Minute Maid in twenty twenty when Arkansas got swept. Uh, but when they played Texas on that Saturday night, about twenty minutes before first pitch, they just. Oh wow! And it was so Maybe. electric because it was like so perfect weather that they were like. We I feel like do that it. probably in their mind they're like that. Cost, I don't know. Tell I don't know how much it costs to open up, yeah. but it's like well, and the Astros, how many people they have to hire to do it. Yeah. Like I, I, don't I don't know about the Rangers how complex it is, but I know the Astros like the players hate it when the roof's open. Really? So like if there's like even a hint of wind or like the sun's too bright or it's like anything, they're like nope, close it, close Done. it, close Done. it, close it. Yeah, we want it. And out. they don't like the shadows. The shadows are apparently different if they play day games with this roof open. So. I don't know. I, I just think it'd be cool just because I've never seen it that way before. Like, or just like the roof 
being open. But, you know, I, I don't know. It's just funny because in my mind, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you, what, it's, I'm sure it's just a switch that you just, you know, you hit and then it opens up. I'm like, I know it's not that simple. You but got like dudes doing the thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's not as simple as flipping a switch, but yeah, it's also yeah. not like you gotta, you gotta get like the people that built the pyramids out there to be hauling the, the <laughs> roof out over the thing. So I don't know what, how complicated it is. I would just be surprised because I feel like last year the weather was not as, like, it's kind of not cold, no, I think but it, it, was, was it was cooler than it is going to be this weekend for sure. So, so maybe so. Again, I, I, I hope they do. Yeah. And if they do, I'll be excited just to see what it looks like oh, yeah. and all that. But if they do it, uh, if they do it, which get, would it be for all the games, you think? Or would they maybe I think do they, it for I think Saturday? They choose, they choose, like, based on it. So I don't know, maybe, like, one of the night games when it's, like, yeah. 70 degrees, 68 degrees. Yeah, like, I don't know. Be but nice. I'll, uh, we'll, 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 uh, we'll start planting that seed around the executives. Yeah. While we're up there, the RAV folks mm-hmm. will be will be kind of bumping we'll be, elbows. We're with actual them. our suite is next to the general manager's suite. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, so you know, maybe we'll be probably see Dayton Moore there. Yeah, I've heard about him. Yeah, I think he's with the Rangers, right? Sounds right to me. You would know more than me on baseball, buddy. So I'm going to trust <laughs> well, you. you no know ball. Uh, ever since Robert Moore left the University of Arkansas, I have not kept up to date with what his dad is yeah. doing. <laughs> but yeah. I know he is no longer with the Royals. Yeah. Oh wait, uh, real quick before we take a break, how many pitches do you think Hagen goes? Like, how long is he going to go for this? 75 to 80. Okay. I bet. Well, I mean, dude, the pitchers last week threw in that range. So, I mean, it depends on obviously how he's doing. Yeah. I I wouldn't be stunned if he gets it up in like 85. Especially since they like, but I don't know, DVH is going to be cautious if nothing else. So, I mean, I think you, you know, set the, just get through five, Hagan. Get through five. Five innings. Don't give up more than a run or two. Yeah. Just like, for every run you give up, you got to go an extra inning. Mm Mm-hmm. Who's the, who's the first Razorback to hit a home run in Globe Life this weekend? I'm going to go with... Spraglot. <laughs> I'm not going to go... Well, yeah, apparently. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Jason Jones. Okay. He hit a 430-foot home run at Globe Life last year, which when it was when they played TCU, and it was like 14-1. Yeah. to 1. But uh, he's he's one of those dudes where it's like, when he gets a hold of one, it's fun to watch. I think he's going to get a hold of one this weekend. I think I'm going to I'm gonna predict McLaughlin. I love I love that I love that. This I, dude's, I Jeremy Wilson says Diggs. I think Diggs is due. I mean, he didn't hit a home run opening weekend. You know, yeah, he's not, due. Yeah, he, he's, he's hit due. a home run I mean, in four games. He's due. He's due. <laughs> uh, I think Viva Lloyd might have to hit a home run dude, too. I, I mean, hope geez. he does. Guys, I got a banger tweet coming when Viva hits that first home run. I've had it queued up for days. He's got it in his drafts right now, <laughs> just ready. I might yeah. jump the gun as soon as he hits a hard hit ball. I'm just going to hit tweet and then hope it goes over the fence. Yeah. Hey, well, let's hope so. Well, I'll, I'll tell everybody that since we're going to be down there. Uh, follow along on all of our social medias, our YouTube. We're going to have great content. We're going to be actually uh, hanging out at various places. We're going to have a place to watch the Razorback basketball game, too, because I know people are still excited about that. They're going to be playing Missouri, probably going to be in Texas Live. But we'll keep you updated. Follow us on all social media, on our YouTubes, and uh, we'll have some great content now going down. But while we're there and coming back, it's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, before we get out of here and talk with Tyler Spoon, which we uh, look forward to, Always catching up with him. I got to tell you about our fine friends over there at Alumni Hall in Fayetteville, 3417 North College Avenue. And whenever you want something Razorback related, and it doesn't matter what shirt or hat or apparel or any sort of extra accessory, maybe some decor, whatever it is, Alumni Hall has it. I promise you that. And the best thing about it is that they have an online store that if you're not living in Fayetteville, or you can't make it into Northwest Arkansas. Say if you're somebody in the Dallas Metro that's going to be going to the game this weekend, or the games this weekend, if you go to nattystatesports.com slash alumni hall, you'll be able to get all the great apparel, the same apparel, delivered straight to your door. 
It's as simple as that. So just go to nattystatesports.com slash alumni hall. You can check them out there. Be able to get all the best apparel for Razorbacks, not only for this weekend, but also just for the baseball season in general. Maybe you want to get ahead of the game a little bit on football too. They got it all. So just visit them today at nattystatesports.com slash alumni hall. If you're in the Northwest Arkansas area, you can also visit them in store at 3417 North College Avenue. But make it happen and get your Razorback game day apparel, men, women's, children's, pets, everybody at Alumni Hall in Fayetteville. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we are going to be joined by Tyler Spoon, former Razorback, thanks to the Bank of Fayetteville. So stay with us here on the John Neighbor Show. We're not done yet either. So don't be satisfied. We're not done. I mean, honestly, I don't really remember post-game. I guess I black out after games, winning and losing. You missed it. You missed it. You missed it. Just tell me you missed it. I'm not going to go through it. Why not? And that will be the last question I answer with that head on. <laughs> oh, shoot. That is why Arkansas is fantastic. Yes, sir! Why did that happen in Fayetteville, Arkansas? What, what took you there? It's just visiting, so weird. It's visiting just, friends, uh, okay. but... Yeah, Dixon Street. <laughs> Dixon Street? Yeah, yeah. Dixon Street. It was, uh, it'll get you. Best guys, uh, I know it's a tough time for you. Uh, the coach is gone, but you've got a new coach now. you got to listen to what he says. Okay, I know you're thinking, oh, who is this new guy? Where's the other guy that crashed the motorcycle? We like him better. He was cool or whatever. Forget about all that. Listen to the new coach and get out there and win some games. guys act like it's pick it up a little bit okay get your chin up smile smile i was a teacher today told those boys welcome to the sec is 1843 miles away but the call of the hogs can be heard all the way to san francisco Take my dick in the mashed potato. Go Hogs. Powered by Arkansas for Arkansas. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. The John Neighbors Show is live from the Natty States Sports Studios. All right, welcome back into the John Neighbors Show. Appreciate everybody uh, listening in, watching in this afternoon, too, as uh, Andrew Ellis is gonzo. But luckily, you got me. And you also have Tyler Spoon. We had a chance to catch up with him earlier this afternoon. As we know, Arkansas is getting ready for a big one. This weekend in Arlington, a lot of quality teams and hope we can learn a lot about themselves and maybe uh, improve on some things that we saw from the past weekend. So without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome in the man himself, Tyler Spoon. All right, right now we're joined by our very special guest who's joined us each and every week. Thanks to Bank of Fayetteville right here in downtown Fayetteville since it is baseball season. Arkansas got a nice little four game series victory over James Madison. They're going to be heading down to Arlington and to talk more about it. Let's welcome in former Razorback. Tyler Spoon. What's up, Tyler? How What's are you? What's up, man? John? I'm good, man. Good to be back. It's good to have you back, especially yeah. talking about uh, a series win, which I know it's interesting, yeah. like how it's a four-game one, but uh, through the elements, I know they dropped that one game on Sunday, but mm-hmm. I mean, hey, you got to still be happy no matter what getting a series win, especially the opening series yeah. win, no matter what it is. Yeah, that opening weekend, you just you find a way to win the series, go to the next weekend, you know, you're just playing all the different guys, trying to figure out who can play, who can't, you know, it's cold, it's miserable, so... Go three to one, you're happy. So yeah. So what did you? We'll just start with the generics. Like what takeaway? Yeah. I mean, you know, you get four games. I know it's a long season, a lot yeah. of games. 
got this big one coming up this weekend. But just from the four games you were able to check out and see, just what was the probably your biggest takeaway from that? Uh, really like the the pitching staff and the bullpen as a whole. Um, you know, just the most on brand thing ever that you know our ace goes hit by pitch, <laughs> yeah. walk, and then home run. It's just like that's probably not going to happen again the entire year. Just how it goes, always first first game of the year. Um, but I thought the pitching staff bullpen as a whole was really good, uh, really solid. Um, you know, they're throwing, throwing a lot of young guys out there. Again, the first weekend, you're just trying to figure out who can do it, who can't, who can throw strikes, who can handle the pressure, all that good stuff. So, uh, but also, you know, the bats, the bats are good. The pieces are there. It obviously wasn't an offensive explosion this weekend, but I think just from what I saw, obviously you still don't have Stovall and just Mr. Consistent in the lineup and having a guy like that, but you got, you know, Hudson White was unbelievable. Diggs, Diggs, you know, really good. I think the lineup as a whole is going to be really good. We just got to figure out the lineup and the pieces first. So um, I liked what I saw, long story short. Yeah, and with the Hagen-Smith thing, uh, we were talking before we started the interview, just how as soon as that happened, I knew that people were just fans, just why? Of all all the players, the guy that you were going to count on the most and being your ace this year gives up that inning. I think he ended up having 46 pitches, but that – taken out yeah. in, in the first inning just you know you've been around a lot of great pitchers it, it, any concerns whatsoever like should Ray fans can be concerned at all considering Hagen an experienced ace yeah. had that type of outing in his first game no not at all I mean it's a just a freak deal where Hagen probably still can't feel his fingers because of how cold it was and he's trying to throw I mean trying to grip a baseball and throw when it's that cold is so hard I mean it's impo- it, it hurts so um, he's trying to throw, he's trying to, you know, just guide the ball over the plate and, you know, hit the first batter, walk the second one. And then you get the wind howling out to center field and a guy hits a fly ball. That's a routine F eight. And then next thing you know, it's over the fence. It's just like, what do you do? You know, that's, I feel like the most Arkansas way to start a season too, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's, um, I, there's no reason to be worried. He's, he's fine. Yeah. yeah. So for a mentality wise, cause listen, they, I mean, you have a, a game like that, and he's going to have an opportunity this weekend, yeah. which I know we'll talk about Arlington. But uh, just for the mindset and, and toughness, because he is a tough kid, bouncing back. Just how do you feel like he will bounce back, and how will he be? I mean, how will Dave Van Horn, Matt Hobbs, <clears throat> how will they approach him in that to just say, you know, not, was it something that they don't even talk to him? Hey, don't worry about it. Or is there some sort of maybe conversation that it gets had to settle him down a little bit? Yeah, I th- well, it depends on the pitcher too. You know, Hagen seems like a guy that's probably just going to make him mad. You know, and so yeah. it's going to be like. Sometimes it's good that that happens early on. You you kind of it happens, you know. Then you got to be you just got to tell yourself, hey, it's time to dial in. Let's let's figure this out. So, uh, Hagen's a guy that's probably going to come out, and I wouldn't be surprised if he goes five innings, one hit, you know, seven strikeouts kind of deal this next outing. So, uh, he'll probably be on another pitch count. So, you know, if he's thrown sixty five pitches, seventy pitches, and he's cruising, don't be surprised if he's pulled. You know, that's just first few weekends is all about just making sure they're. You know, getting out there, not trying to extend them too much. You got to have them for SEC play. So, um, yeah, I, I just think he'll, he's a guy that's going to bounce back and probably just lock it in even more. You mentioned the weather. I've, we, we talked about how cold it was, and I know that it's <clears throat> not very ideal and it's not baseball weather, but people may not understand. It's cold for fans to be out there, but it's, yeah. I mean, it's just as cold for players. So what, how does that change your game, whether you're a pitcher or a hitter or a fielding, whatever? How does that change it when it's – the winds and the cold and the and, and the type of weather that they were having to play in this past weekend. Yeah, it's miserable. There's no way to sugarcoat it. It's <laughs> it's the worst time of the year to play baseball. And 
you know, you just grind through it. You find a way, hand warmers in your pockets. You, you, you just can't feel your fingers most of the time. And, you know, like I said, trying to grip a baseball, let alone being a pitcher and throwing it every, every play, it's, it's hard. So um, you just grin and bear it. You fight through it. The, the ball's not coming off the bat as, as well. It's just, it's just as bad as it is probably sitting in the stands and how cold you probably think it is on the field, it's probably exactly what you think, but probably worse. You know, in yeah. baseball, you just got to be moving around constantly and in, in between pitches, you can't sit still. It's just, it's terrible. So yeah. you just, you know, can't wait for a weekend like this where you're in, in, indoors and playing in a nice little, you know, controlled environment. So that will be a good treat for them after this first weekend. Well, also as players, it, it seems like you kind of <clears> go about it different ways. I think it was Aloy that was out there. He, he had like a full-on hoodie, it seemed like. But then you got other guys that, you know, wearing the same thing they would if it was 90 degrees outside. So I guess every player is different as far as how they have to treat it to where, you know, it's about constriction, it's about their movement, it's about uh, also staying warm too. But every player seems they're different. Yeah, I mean, myself, I couldn't, like, the thermals we had and the long sleeves just were uncomfortable and kind of tight on me, so it just, I couldn't swing and feel comfortable swinging them, so I had to wear my normal stuff, and it was just cold, but you have a jacket in the in between innings, you just try to, you hope your pitcher has a quick inning and you get back in there, but, yeah, it's all about comfort, and, you know, some guys were like, well, I'd rather be warm than feel good hitting and <laughs> take my one for four as opposed to three for four and just stay warm, you know, not, probably not, but... That's, you know, you just try to do whatever you can to stay warm. Long story short, it's just, it's a grind. There's no way around it. Speaking with Tyler Spoon, former Razorback, thanks to Bank of Fayetteville here in downtown Fayetteville. And uh, Tyler, another pitcher uh, I wanted to get to before we get into the lineup itself, Will McIntyre, who uh, mm -hmm. we had on this show. And he's an experienced guy, yeah. right-hander. You know, we've seen what he's been able to do, longevity. But for him to step into that situation when, you know, Hagen had a struggle, come in and settle in and do a great job and then come back in later into the series and everything. Uh, I'm not trying to put too much pressure on him, but he looks uh, so much more improved and he looks like a guy that they're going to count on a lot. And he might be down to that calming, easy presence where, you know, in a jam like that, bring in this guy because he'll be able to get you out of it. He, I was just really impressed by him, at least in this yeah. first weekend and coming out and handling a pretty tough situation to walk into. Yeah, he he, um, he does a really good job, of, you know, being the savvy vet, just having the experience and, you know, I don't think he would, you know, care if I said this. You know, he just doesn't throw 96, 97 like everybody else. You know, it's the 88, you know, the cutter at 85 kind of deal. And, you know, but he acts, his mentality is you would think he throws 97, 98. Yeah. Just with how he pitches and how tough he is on the mound. He just, he's not a, he's not afraid to just come right at you. He's going to throw strikes. He's just a bulldog. And, you know, the cutter is such a tough pitch to hit. And it's, it's one of those deals, unless you're a very disciplined Hitter, it looks like a fastball to hand, then just tails away from you. And if you don't stay on it and you're not disciplined with that pitch, you're not going to hit it. And so if he can stay consistent with that pitch, like he used it this last weekend, he's going to get a lot of guys out. And, you know, the pitch ability for him is, you know, throwing 97 helps a lot, but being able to really pitch helps a lot as well. So he's really figured out how to pitch and control his pitches and can throw everything for strikes. And he's just going to pound the zone and, those are guys that are tough to, you know, tough to hit. You know, he's not going to walk a lot of people. He's going to make you earn it. And if you earn it and score four runs off of him and get a lot of hits, and so be it, you know. But uh, majority of the time, he's just going to be a guy that's really consistent, pound the zone, get you a lot of outs, and um, just eat up some innings when you need it. Was, he, was there a pitcher you <clears throat> had on your team or maybe that you faced against that's kind of comparable to, to what Will McIntyre is? Because I think it's a unique guy when you talk yeah. about him not having the speed that maybe or velocity <clears throat> a lot of these other guys have. But – He's just solid, consistent throw strikes and everything. Was there a pitcher maybe that you can compare him to that you either, you either played with or played against or even 
a guy that uh, Arkansas had previously. Yeah, I think probably he's is probably very similar to Brandon Moore. I mean, Brandon, you know, Brandon and I were roommates, but Brandon was a guy that, you know, you had Baird Aston on Friday, um, Stanek on Saturday, Randall Fan on Sunday, but Brandon was the guy that the first sign of trouble, you know, he was a guy that's going to come in, throw 88-91 with the power sinker and eat up four to seven innings for you if you need it, you know. So very similar guy, you know, just not not afraid to pound the zone. And, um, yeah, very similar comparison. Arkansas boys, so, you know, yeah. it's, um, you know, he was a very, very similar player. That's you know one of the first guys I think about when I see McIntyre pitch. And going to the lineup itself, uh, you know, it's, you know, you saw some guys that looked real good. You mentioned the Hudson White. Mm -hmm. I know people were really excited about Aloy. It seemed like he yeah. struggled there in the beginning, but settled in a little mm -hmm. bit more. But just from the lineup on the offensive side, uh, did it's all right. Again, four games. It's really tough to see. But did you at least was it to your expectation? Did you expect a little more? Like, just what do you think of the overall lineup right now? Yeah, it's hard to know what to expect that first weekend, um, especially when it's cold. You're just like, yeah. you know, it's you may not see a lot, and you just, you know, I, I as a former player know that like when it's cold like that, you're probably not going to see a lot of offensive explosion. Um, and you as a fan, I get you may be frustrated because we didn't score eight runs a game, ten runs a game. So. Um, I think I'm more excited about this weekend when we face really good pitching, really good teams. I'm excited to see what the players look like. And, you know, I think Diggs is a guy that sticks out to me. He's going to have probably his exciting moments, but he's going to be that really boring, consistent hitter that's yeah. going to just spray the ball over the yard, take his walks, get on base, and just, you know, death by a thousand cuts with him. So, um, but you, those are the most important guys in your lineup. So, uh, but, yeah, Hudson White looked good. Aloy, I think, is going to be just fine. Um, probably a little different than California weather. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, Hellfrick, I think, is a guy, the freshman, I think he's going to be really, really good. Um, so the pieces are all there. And when Stovall comes back and gets right in the lineup again, I think it's going to be um, a really fun time. I want to ask you about Wilmsmeyer. You saw that play <clears throat> he made out there in outfield. Yeah. Sports Center number two play, yeah. I believe, top ten. Mm -hmm. I'm. I, we were talking about this on the show, and I want, as a former player, the most hype play you can make as an outfielder yeah. is it that play or my argument is is just a frozen rope from outfield to home plate and, and tagging a guy out like what, between those two what is get the one that gets you more hype robbing a home run or the frozen rope to home gosh that's a tough one it it all depends on the situation too yeah that's if true. it's a uh well at the same time if it's a tie game and you rob a home run that's pretty high i mean i personally loved a frozen rope i yeah. loved like just getting behind it, just gunning it, and just absolutely just throwing a guy out at third, home, whatever it was. That to me, that was the best feeling. But um, I didn't get a lot of chances to rob a home run. But I, I remember probably the coolest play I ever experienced um, was Matt Vincent when he climbed the wall in left field. You yeah. may not remember that, but climbed the wall. He's halfway up, leaning over, and he caught it. It, it was the coolest play I've ever ever witnessed. So. I don't know. It's a tough one. Me personally, I like throwing a guy out, but robbing home runs is pretty, pretty sweet too. So, so you mentioned Vincent's play. What was the coolest play you ever had as a Razorback? Is there one that comes to mind? Defensively, at least. I was pretty boring defensively. <laughs> I just caught it and threw it. And um, well, those are important things. You yeah, gotta catch yeah, it yeah. You got to do important. those to play and stay on the field. But um, I don't know. I think I had one. I think I can't remember who it was, but it was a year that oh, it was Benny's freshman year. That's what it was. It was 2014 where. Benny was struggling, and they you know, they benched Benny. I know people probably don't remember Ooh, that, but Benny didn't man. play. I know all, all those all those kids out there. If you get benched, it's not the end of the world, <laughs> okay? Um, but I played center, and I had like two catches in one game where like it was just 
was just a blur, but I just run and it was like deep left center field. But uh, those are probably the best catches that I made. I can, but um, I think Auburn. I had one frozen rope where I threw a guy out at third. That was probably um, probably one of my favorites. But again, I was a pretty boring outfielder. I didn't do anything too crazy. I wasn't blazing speed, so I just had to catch the ball and throw it. So hey, listen, you did your job. That's man. right. The that's, big constant is, is what I you I just were. tried to hit. That was all my goal was yeah. just to hit. So, yeah. 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 so scoring runs is important too. It is so. very important. Yeah. You got to do that. Yeah, so. and because uh, obviously yeah, I was trying to think of one of the some of the plays that. You know, going back to that point and uh, to think about, you know, some of the highlights and, you know, you mentioned some of the plays that you were a part of, too. It, it is amazing to me to see like the like certain players get hyped over certain plays, you know, yeah. if a pitcher, you know, gets a big strikeout or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I was like, you know, what what every player I feel like has a different thing. But in the outfield, this is really what uh, I've been curious about, just because, again, I don't know ball, but I act like I do sometimes. <laughs> but the different positions out there, center field, left field, right field. How big of a difference is it to play those three positions? Because I think some people may just look yeah. at it as like, well, you're in the outfield. It's kind of the same, and mm -hmm. I know it depends on the hitter. But, like, truly, how different is it between those three positions and playing them where it's not just like, oh, we'll insert somebody out there who plays yeah. right field in the left field, and they'll do fine. Like, how big yeah. of a difference is it? It's a huge difference because, you know, people don't think about the strategy behind who you put in each position. Really, your left fielder and right fielder could – essentially swap a lot of the times the right fielder is where you normally put like your strongest arm so you know that's why i played right field right of you course of course yeah um but no that's usually where you put like one of your stronger arms because that throw to third and that throw you know throw to home is but the throw to third is the longest throw and um you try to just have a little bit stronger arm in right field just to make the little bit longer throws and then center field is going to be your more athletic you know the guy that can just you know he's going to get anything from gap to gap and call off the left and right fielder and the left fielder is going to be a solid fielder that um, essentially going to be interchangeable with the right fielder. So, um, but the other thing too, on the corner, you know, left and right field, the big difference is the spin and people don't understand that, but any ball that's hit to your, if you're playing left field and it's hit to your right towards the line, the ball is going to spin towards the line, like 99.9% .9 of the time. I mean, it's almost impossible to get your hands so far inside of it that it spins the other way. But, um, and then same on the right field line, it's going to go to your glove side, to your left side, towards the right field line. So um, the ways the ball com comes off the bat, um, no matter if it's a righty, lefty, it's completely different. So it's, uh, yeah, they're, they're the same, but they're very, very different. But for me to go over to the left, if I was to go over to left field and play, it would be a little bit of a change. It'd take me a minute. Yeah, I need to get a couple of days of fly balls. And But, um, yeah, it's, it's a very, very different position. So let's talk about this weekend because Arlington yeah. is an awesome trip for those who uh, may not have made it. And I mean, listen, you get to play in a major league ballpark. It's always yeah. a big deal. But going up against teams like Oregon mm -hmm. State, I don't know if uh, Arkansas has a history, I think, with yeah. Oregon State. They yeah. played each other once. I remember. Um, but you got Oregon State, you got Oklahoma State, you mm -hmm. got Michigan. So just a, we'll start with the event itself. How does this type of event help and develop and get guys ready like what does it do for a team and individual yeah. players to have an event like this early in the year and in a big ballpark against <clears throat> high quality teams that you don't normally face yeah you just get to you kind of just get to dip your toes in the water before sec play you know you get to see the sec quality competition and um you know just kind of mentally prepare yourself as a player just for what's coming down the road um you know at the same time you know every team's coming in the same position you know it's hard to as a player, it's hard to think. You're thinking, oh, I'm going to this tournament. There's going to be some really good teams there. But then you look at the field, and then everyone's like, well, we're going to this tournament, and Arkansas is going to be there. It's going to yeah. be tough. You know? So it's it's one of those deals where Arkansas, it's we're kind of you know, at that point where 
we you know we're coming in we've got the target on the back you know everyone's like okay arkansas is there if we can just find a way to beat them like that's that's huge for us so um for arkansas it's going to be more or less i think coach van horn's going to throw you're going you're to see limited pitch counts you're not going to see guys extend um but you're going to see different lineups you're going to see you know what guys can do it against the high quality competition the high quality pitching bullpen so um it's just a fun turn you get to see where your team's at early on um compared to some of the you know, where they stack up against some of the other teams across the country especially oregon state who's number seven in the country so we'll, it'll be a good test it'll be fun and also looking at it from you know the teams <clears throat> that arkansas is going to be facing again you don't see if you don't face michigan but for whatever reason michigan's actually been a pretty decent big 10 team and mm -hmm. you know oregon state and they have history in oklahoma state it seems like arkansas and oklahoma state play each other as often as sec teams do but uh, just looking at uh, the teams themselves and then also the fact that you're you had a starting lineup or starting rotation that this past weekend do you think Dave is going to stick with that I mean I know you can't really get into his head but do you think yeah. that there'll probably be some similar with Hagen Smith and Tiger and then throw in Molina I know he had some struggles there but mm -hmm. you think it kind of stays the same this weekend yeah I think it stays the same I think Molina's got a consistent enough track record from Texas Tech that you know it's not a one and done type deal I think Molina's going to get quite a few I would say Gonna get quite a few, at least four or five weekends, you know, just really gauge and see. Okay, is this gonna be the guy? Um, but yeah, Hagen, <clears throat> he's gonna be the guy. Tiger, he's gonna be the guy. So um, I think more or less, it's gonna be the bullpen that you may just see so many different changes. And you know, it, it, people don't realize you've got to throw in, you know, your your gackles early on in the season in a situation where it's, you know, two to two in the seventh inning. Two outs, bases loaded. You know, you know that McIntyre can come in and do it. Mm -hmm. you, you know that he's not afraid to come in and get that out. You know that Gage Wood could probably come in and do it, but you don't know if Gackle can come in and do it. So you've got to throw those guys into those situations where they haven't been in it before, and you've got to have them ready for SEC play. Because at the end of the day, if it's 2-2 two two in the 7th or 8th or ninth, and, you know, at Globe Life, yeah, not a big deal. But when it's week 9 of the SEC and you need a win, you need to win the series, that's when it's a big deal. And – you don't want that first time ever experiencing that for the you know for the kid to be that time. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking with Tyler Spoon, former Razorback, <laughs> here on the John Neighbors Show. Thanks to Bank of Fayetteville here in downtown Fayetteville. Tyler, what is it like? I know we talked about it. you played at Minute Maid. Mm -hmm. What is that like as a college baseball player to listen? You play in great ballparks yeah. in the SEC. I mean, some of the best college baseball bar. Mm -hmm. You don't play in Omaha, play in, in so many different venues, but. When you play in a major league ballpark, yeah. and especially if it's your first time there, like what is that like running out onto that field for the first time? It's it's surreal. You just you step on the field and you're just like, oh my gosh, like big leaguers are playing on this exact field. Like this is crazy. I mean, it's you name it. You just start thinking of all the players that have you know you know Altuve's on this field, you, whoever it is, you know and. Um, at the same time, probably the coolest experience for me was in 2013. I went to, or 2014, whatever year it was, but played in Cape Cod. But oh yeah, one day, you know, every year for Cape Cod, one day every year, every team gets to take BP at Fenway, and that was one for me where I walked on that field and I was just like, I, I was just frozen. It, you can't explain, you can't describe it. as a baseball fanatic, as a as a freak, just understanding the history that was underneath my feet where I'm walking was just crazy. I mean, you, I couldn't even like put it into words how cool it was. And so um, it's really, really awesome for guys to get the, an opportunity to, you know, play in a stadium like that and just, you know, where the, where the big leaguers play and, you know, Globe Life, it's where the World, World Series, Series yeah. champs are, you know, so where Corey Seager plays shortstop kind of stuff. So 
Um, yeah, it's really cool. Long story short, I know that was a lot, but it's it's an experience you can't really describe. It's awesome. Yeah, and did you, uh, as far <clears> as <throat> playing it indoors, though, like, mm-hmm. is, is that really play much of a difference? Because baseball's outside, man. So yeah. when you're playing a dome, like, I'm, I'm just always been curious, how is that? different or how, how is it different at all it's awesome actually it's because it, there's no wind factor so there's no wind blowing in your face but you know at the same time there's no wind blowing out but right it's a true it, it's a true like uh playing surface playing field i guess it's where you get a ball really well there's and there's no wind blowing in to knock it down it's going to go over the fence you know um but at the same time you know it's the pitchers same thing there's nothing that's there's no um elements that are going to I guess change a couple things here and there about the game or the ball and how it flies, all that stuff. So it's fun. It's it's a again, it's a controlled environment, 70, 70 degrees. It's going to be perfect. But um, you know, the the infield is turf. It's it's all amazing. So it's just a true, unbelievable, great playing surface, great elements. So there's not going to be. It, it's it's fun to play and stuff like that. Well, because you know, one of the things that I look at with other sports other major sports and college sports for instance like college football you have times where you play in nfl stadiums often and a lot of times it's in postseason play you think about in college basketball we were even discussing it last night on our live stream that final fours now they don't even play them in basketball rings it's it's football stadiums Mm -hmm. and they just put the courts on there so for more tickets and everything but love omaha and everything but i wonder if there will ever be a time where they'll maybe look to have some sort of postseason in mlb stadiums i don't know if it'll come i don't know if it'll stay the way that Mm -hmm. it is because there's nothing against omaha or anything but uh, i just always felt like it's so interesting that the the arguably the best ballpark that this Razorback baseball team is going to play in is going to be in the beginning of the year even if they went on to win a national championship yeah no it's um it's so hard to say you know you're going to go one way or the other i personally love the idea of like Omaha. Yeah. You, you make it to Omaha. That's what you do. You try to make it to Omaha, and you got a chance. And, you know, if you switch to a format like the NCAA tournament basketball-wise where it's, you know, hey, you may be in Indianapolis this year, you may be in Atlanta, you may be, you know, wherever it is. Um, <clears throat> it's, you know, it, it makes it – it's still going to be special, but I think there's just something about fighting through regionals, fighting through super regionals, and your goal is to make it to Omaha. Like, you're not, you're not trying to make it to TBD location. You know, right. it's – you know the destination. You know where you're trying to go. You know that you want to end the year in Omaha. You want to be the last team standing in Omaha. So there's just something about, you know, TD Ameritrade and being in Omaha that's just – it's special. So me personally, I hope they don't get rid of it. But at the same time, I could see where it would be cool if they did, you know, do some major league parks and all that stuff. Well, it sounds – you have Omahaogs, man. It's like, yeah, it's true. It's already there. Yeah, you know, exactly. You don't, you don't have to change it or anything. Exactly. Just, just keep it the way it is. But I yeah I, I'd be fine if it stayed in Omaha. But just knowing how like sports is yeah. changing and how you know it, it's always wild to see how that plays out. I did want to ask you this. I meant to ask you last week, but since we're kind of uh, discussing it, ten SEC series, yep. you know, is kind of what the schedule is. We got Texas and Oklahoma joining mm-hmm. the conference, and I know that they've kind of alluded to how they're going to have a schedule set up. I believe you're going to have two permanent opponents each year. Yeah. I think Arkansas is Ole Miss and Missouri. I believe yeah. that's the case. I'll have to double check, but like. Do you think that first off, ten SEC series, like if they expanded that would be that'd be bad if they went to eleven or twelve, but also how do you feel like maybe scheduling wise, it, you'd like to see it just as a former player, just as far as these new teams coming in, yeah. sixteen teams in the conference. How how could you really play that out? It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Um I think as a former player, <clears throat> I think ten is perfect because you know, you just there's, I don't I don't know um, more SEC series ten is already a gauntlet it's just it is you know you run through 
um, you play Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and then you play, you know, A&M three weekends in a row, and then you're like, okay, that was tough. And then you look up, it's like, well, now we got LSU this next weekend. Mm-hmm. It's like there's just no break, you know, and then you hope, you know, and a, spot, a lot of times what DVH likes to do is play his midweek series early on slash middle of the year, and then towards the end, you know, take away those midweek games so the guys are getting a little bit more rest just because by week seven, six, you know, six, seven in the SEC, you're just, you're gassed and you need some rest. So um, t- I think 10 is a good number, but there's just no, there's no weak link on the schedule. I mean, it's just, so regardless, you're just going to add, if you add 11, it's going to be 11 really hard weekends. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just a gauntlet. So um, I don't, I don't think they will, they might, but the scheduling, I mean, OU and Texas are, just two quality opponents to add to the mix. You know, there's – yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, it's going to be good baseball, fun baseball to watch. But as a player, it's like, golly, that's a gauntlet to even think about going through, you know, yeah. so. Yeah, the SEC is already pretty tough <clears throat> enough as it is, Gosh, yeah, to yeah. add that in there. And I don't even know if you even care about this, but the divisions are going away. Yeah. And I've always felt like the divisions, just personally, you got to a point where almost they're pointless in all sports. You mm-hmm. know, like in football – they're giving they're getting rid of them the yeah. basketball they've been done with divisions for over a decade and i yeah. think it's been fine but divisions sec west mm-hmm. and east do you, do you care about that or do you think it's going to be all right with hey just yeah. take the top two one two three four all the way down and from the entire conference all 16 teams yeah usually i mean i don't mind it just because you know it's like in the west you're like all right let's beat lsu mm-hmm. and you got a chance to win the sec you know that's it you know and at the end of the day, you're from the east, you've got Georgia, or I mean, you got Vandy, you got Florida. Um, Georgia could be in that mix, but it's usually right now. Lately, it's been Arkansas, LSU, Georgia, or Florida, and Vandy. So those are the four teams that usually are in the mix. And usually, if you just beat the, you know, you, for us, it was if you beat LSU, mm-hmm. you got a chance to win the whole thing. You know, win the whole SEC. So. Um, at the end of the day, you just try to win. If you can win seven SEC series in a year, it's really good. I don't think people realize how, how hard it is to win seven. So you win seven, you're at least winning 14 games. And as long as you don't get swept the others, you're going to at least win 15, 18 games in the SEC, which is really good. So, um, yeah, it, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how the strategy, I guess, changes. I mean, you're going to have to try to win every weekend, which obviously you do. But, um, yeah, it'll be – with Texas in the mix, it'll be fun. So yeah. Try to tell people about when Arkansas won 10 SEC series. The uh, fact we, that yes. is the most absurd thing that you, I mean it was what was it one t- other time in history that's happened? Yeah, I don't think our, you will never you may never see that again from you know let alone an Arkansas team but any other team you know it's that was a feat that it may not ever see again. It was unbelievable. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I mean even last year <clears throat> losing to I think they got swept by Georgia mm-hmm. on the road and Georgia wasn't a great team. But exactly. Sometimes it just you know it's baseball man. Yeah. You just never know how it's going to play out. But yeah, um, I, I I think that the way that the schedule is set up, especially this year for Arkansas, is really good as far as home games and road games. So here's my question to you, Tyler. Mm-hmm. You get to guarantee one SEC series victory this year. Just okay. guarantee one. Which team would you like it to be against? Would I like it to be against? Yeah, like that where if it happened. How about this? William throwing a sweep. We'll say one sweep guaranteed against one SEC opponent this year for Arkansas. Who would you want it to be against? Gosh, probably. Oh, got to be LSU for me. That's what I was, I was thinking yeah, the same. It's I was be, thinking the same. Do we play Tennessee this year? No, sadly That's not. Okay, it's I, unfortunate. I, yeah, I, um, I, it's got to be LSU. I mean, just I remember 2013 or whenever it was, 2013 it was 
you know, we were top 10. OSU was top 10. They came here, and it was, you know, Bregman and uh, Nola and all those guys. And it was, you know, they won Friday. Nola threw a gym, and then Stanek shut them out Saturday. And it was like game three on Sunday. And it was, man, it was a big deal. But just remember them getting that final out, and, you know, they were all fired up. I was like, gosh, this is the worst. So, <laughs> you know, because you know that, that series is probably going to end up being – the winner of the SEC West. So I think if we a sweep over LSU would be awesome. Yeah. No, I think LSU is always going to be everyone's answer. And because, you know, winning the College World Series last year, Paul Skeens isn't there anymore, but still, it's, oh, it's gosh, still LSU. Yeah. Still, still got a good thing yeah. going down there. So I know it, it would be, it'd be, uh, I think most fans would actually, that'd be maybe a good question to start asking people. Like, hey, yeah. what would it be? But I think LSU would be the overwhelming you think, one. You yeah. would think LSU would be the number one. Yeah. So because you still have Florida this year that you're going to be playing. Yeah. Florida's that's just a home one. Man, Florida's weird. You just never know what you're going to get from Florida. You're going to get a team that's going to be, they're going to win the national championship or they're going to look like they won't make the tournament. You yeah. just, uh, but you know, O'Sullivan always finds a way right at the right time to, you know, figure it out. And next thing you know, they're in postseason. Yeah. You look up there in Omaha and next thing you know, they're in the championship game. It's like, what in the world? So <laughs> yeah, well, he always knows the right buttons to press. So, well, is it just me? Since we're talking about Florida, seems like Dave really likes and respects mm-hmm. Florida and O'Sullivan. I mean, I think he does yeah. for almost yeah, coaches, yeah. but seems like there's an extra special like connection, respect there for O'Sullivan yeah. and what he does at Florida with Dave Van Horn. Yeah, no, I know Coach Van Horn really likes just how O'Sullivan runs his program. And, you know, it's probably very similar to how Van Horn runs his. It's like, you know, no nonsense. We're going to we're here to work. We're here to we're here to win kind of deal. And um, and I think they just have a good relationship in general. You know, I think they go out to dinner when they play each other that weekend mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But, um, you know, I, I think that's just a good business slash relationship slash friendship and um, they've just come to really respect each other and love how they each go about the business and how they each handle their teams. And so, yeah, there's definitely mutual respect there. And I think they're kind of mirror images when it comes to programs, how they operate. So does it bother you just personally? And mm-hmm. you can tell us because, I mean, there's only millions of people watching. <laughs> when you see programs that kind of are a little nonsensical, like does it, is it something that you're just like, I don't, you root against them or you're just kind of like, or do you maybe say, hey, everybody's different, you know, everybody goes about their own yeah. way. Just how do you feel about it personally when you see programs like that? It just depends on how how out of line they are you know if you pimp a home you know pimp a home run like no big deal yeah. like but yeah. if you're if you're flipping there, off the outfielders you're rounding the bases yeah or if you're like yeah or if you're like sitting there and it's taking you 10 sec you're watching it for 10 seconds and then you throw your bat it's like, it's like okay i got a problem with that but if you want to watch it admire your work for a little bit i've been i'm a i was a hitter like i get yeah. it like hey i finally got one you know 97 miles an hour and i absolutely just pumped that one i'm gonna sit there and watch it for a second i got no problem with that but yeah. It's the excessive just going over the top, like, all right, dude, like, is this your first home run you've ever hit kind of deal? Like, let's go. Come on. So, yeah, um, yeah over the top, man, that kind of bothers me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if it's just a little bit of, like, hey, I'm going to admire my work, I don't care. Yeah. So it's just – What about, like, know, what about like dugout celebrations? Because they kind of yeah. scaled those back, it seemed like. At least yeah. they put a rule into that. Yeah, it's – those dugouts are always chirpy. That was a good thing about being in the outfield, though, is, like, you didn't hear it much. Oh, you really? Just, yeah, you were always just, you know, in the outfield. You didn't hear much. You just heard the outfield yelling at you or whoever <laughs> yeah. it was. So, uh, yeah, dugouts are definitely and I Obviously, the guys would come in and be like, these, <laughs> yeah, yeah, stuff I can't say. You know, these guys, I'm going to, you know, they won't shut up and leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And they know my sister's name, my girlfriend's <laughs> name. So, it's just, yeah, they're sometimes they're who, ruthless. But who was the uh, chirpiest dugout that you remember? <sighs> Ole Miss had to be really chirpiest know? outfield, chirpiest dugout. I mean, you know, they just what you think of Ole Miss is what they were like, yeah. probably. Yeah. So yeah, how, how do you? I mean, I don't know. It's those are things where I've had friends tell me about that are baseball guys. It's like you know, mm. baseball can police itself a little bit sometimes yeah. where you get it, but 
Yeah, because you know, fans if they're watching on TV, they don't, mm-hmm. they, you know, they don't know what's being said or yeah. anything like that. So whenever things get a little bit dicey, it's like something. What instigated this? Yeah. What happened? But I think everyone's not really surprised that yeah. Ole Miss was the chirpiest, especially during that time too. So yeah, I think, and you know, it's t- I, I really, I personally love Bianco. I love the way you know he's mil- former military man. I mean, like really good, well respected dude, and you know, it's just it's just the Ole Miss way. That's just how it is, mm-hmm. you know. And so I don't think. That's any kind of a shock or anything. Yeah. So, well, did Dave? Uh, how did Dave handle if you guys chirp? Do you, does he allow you guys to chirp at all? Or no, just he, maybe a little bit if they start chirping. Ben? He was he was really big on like, hey, you know, we we talk on the field. We don't we we try not to. Don't run your mouth. Like, it's gonna come back to get you. Kind of deal. He's he's big on like, hey, you put your head down, you work, and you know when you hit a two run home run in the eighth, then that's all the talking you need kind of deal so yeah he was he was all about hey take care of business and that'll that'll talk for you yeah yeah so. I, well i also feel like he's not that he's changed yeah but you know i've, I've told you i think this before that i've talked to former players that uh, friends of mine like uh you know uh my guy trent you know and yeah. uh, and, and trent daniel and uh fick and all that just yeah. how he was very like hey man certain haircut no, you know facial yep. hair and everything I'm not saying he's gotten lax, but have you mm-hmm. maybe seen the him kind of Dave with some of the things like that kind of? Yeah, he definitely more? has. The one thing that sticks out to me is the white cleats. I love them, and we had to wear black. We always had to wear the black cleats. Really? Like, why? Why was he had a problem with those? He just wanted. Well, he just wanted everybody to have the same same oh, color yeah. cleats, and so I think he, you know, got relaxed. You know, not re- got relaxed, but like loosened up on that thought of the mm-hmm. cleats, and you know, the white cleats are just clean. I mean, they are with the red and the hog. I'm like, man, that'd been nice to have. So yeah. Um, but yeah, he's definitely just as the game's gone on, he's definitely loosened up on certain things. You can you can see it, but he's still very very professional. And it's like, hey, we're here to work, we're here to win, you know. So that that that's never going to change. That's that's who he is in his core. Yeah, I've always wondered how uh, you know him. Has, did he get ejected ever when you were at? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I mean he did. I mean I couldn't recall the game, or right? Anything, but yeah, he definitely has got yeah. ejected. Is that? Before. I feel like you know it's one of those things to where I, just being honest. Mm-hmm. It scares me because mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, it's almost like seeing your dad where he does, he's getting <laughs> mad at somebody else and yeah. like yelling at him. And then as a little kid, you're like scared because you're like, it's not at me. And, and But I feel like it is. Like, is it kind of like almost like, oh, oh, like how, how does that feel when you ever see Dave, like not only get ejected, but start just ripping the umpires and everything? Is it kind of like a, oh, geez, what is happening? Like kind of yeah. scary moment a little bit? Yeah, usually usually when he gets involved that much, it's because. Yeah, and there's been a lot of stuff that's happened, and whether it's the umpires chirping back at him or it's just been an absolutely terrible game. And, you know, usually everybody's kind of behind him at that point where he's like, he's not going to say anything unless it's like absolutely warranted. So everybody else is like, oh, yeah, get him. Like, go get him, skip. Like, yeah. that, let him have it. So, um, but, you know, there's also some times where, you know, managers will get tossed because we're down eight nothing. It's like, I just get me out of here. I can't watch this anymore. So, um, you know, that's where you see the clips where it's like, hey, I need you to throw me out of here. And then he mm-hmm. starts yelling at the umpire. Um, but yeah, he, it was usually a deal. He's, he's really good about, you know, and a lot of it too, is like just getting the umpire to tighten his zone. Like whether it's a, if it's a big zone or a small zone and, you know, especially if it's small zone, you get your guy working on the mound and he's missing by an inch and it's like, come on, man. Like mm. he, he's working his tail off. You're you give him an inch. Like that's, that's all like he's hitting spot after spot pitching a great game. And so sometimes it's just to like get a point across, like, Hey, like figure it out kind of deal. And mm-hmm. so, and it works a lot yeah. of times. And you know, when he does it, it usually works. So, yeah. well, I've uh, one of my favorite clips I play in my show and it was all, I don't know why he was mic'd up. He was mic'd up for some <laughs> reason. And it was on ESPN and it, they had it on sports center and he, there was a call and he ran down to the first base umpire 
And the clip is just simply, it's very short, but he just, you missed it. You missed it. Just t- come on. You missed it. Just tell me you missed it. <laughs> like he just says that. And it's so yeah. funny to me because like hearing him and just knowing that that's kind of like what yeah. he, he would say to an umpire, you know, you always wonder if you can't, if you're not there at the game, yeah. what is he saying? But yeah. sometimes just like, Hey, yeah, you missed it. Just, it's, you can, it's okay. Tell me, yeah. just tell me you missed it. Just tell yeah. me you missed it. And it's sad because you don't get that anymore because of the replay. So the replay, replay now it's like. You know, if you miss it, it's like, hey, you miss it. I'm we're gonna we're gonna show you that you yeah. missed it kind of deal. But yeah, back in the day it was like, Hey, I'm gonna tell you how, that you missed this. You were wrong and mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you know about it. So yeah, it's a little different with that replay. So yeah. So how do you think uh we'll, we'll wrap up here in just a little bit, but how, how do you feel like this weekend for Arkansas? You see I mean, it's not like you do an advanced scouting report on some of these teams, but yeah. as far as what is it just like, hey, go two and one in some capacity, mm-hmm. it's a success. Just yeah. just how you feel like this can be a successful weekend for Arkansas. Yeah, go two and one. I mean that's Go two and one, and you play a lot of players, and you see positive things from certain players you weren't sure about. You know that's that's what you want out of this weekend. You want to see one your team compete against the best competition. You know some of the best competition, but two you just want to see the the guys that can and can't do it. You know so you uh-huh. you know you want to win at least win two, win the weekend. You just treat it like a series, win two out of three. Um, I think you just if you win two out of three and you get guys some good experience but against good teams, that's a that's a good weekend. Before we let you get out of here, Tyler, I know uh, Bank Fable is the official sponsor yeah. of this uh, this segment we're doing each and every week. So uh, just let everybody know when they walk into Bank of Fayetteville and they see Tyler Spoon sitting in there. What what are the folks that are going to get out of Bank <laughs> of Fayetteville and when they walk in there and uh, see you and see the great staff that they have over there? We're going to see a nice new floor we just got. Heck yeah. yeah! So it's it's nice. We just refinished all the all the wood floors, but. No, you know, the bank's been around since 1987. John Lewis started the bank. I mean, it, it, it's been in the community for a long time. And we're, you know, we're a community bank. We're not a giant bank. We're not, you know, the Chases and the Bank of America. We're here to serve the community. We want to be involved in the community, um, help the people of Fayetteville, Springdale, Bentonville, Rogers, whoever it is. We're, we're here for um, Northwest Arkansas. Um, so it's it's a good bank, good local community bank. And great people and i've you know can't can't stress that enough how good of people there are at the bank and uh we all work together it's a real you know team type deal but you know we want to take care of everybody in northwest arkansas of their banking needs and um you know any loan situation whatever it is we we want to help you out you know so we're we're here to serve this community we really want to do that and make sure we just take care of these people of northwest arkansas all right that's tyler spoon former razorback thanks to bank of fable join us each and every week appreciate it tyler have a great weekend hopefully it's a successful baseball week and we can talk about uh, hogs taking care of business in arlington next week yeah let's let's at least win two and maybe beat oregon state that'd be nice ah, so. it's almost like yeah really would feel good to beat that team yeah. i almost feel bad for them because they're like those players are probably going to feel this heat and anger and they're not going to know why <laughs> like they're just not going to know why but uh, yeah hog fans know hog, hog fans know so yeah it'll be know. great so yeah but enjoy the weekend man we'll talk to you All next right. week thanks john
Sports Media Palace of Mid-America, the Wolf of Center Street. Here's your host, John Neighbor. And welcome in to the final segment here on the John Neighbor Show, live from Natty State Sports Studios, as it's been a great show and really appreciate Tyler Spoon, former Razorback great, joining us in the previous segment, as it's uh, always good to catch up with him. And I want to really uh, throw out there, too, folks, some exciting stuff that uh, is going to be happening here very soon for, for, Arkansas, uh, for Natty State Sports. You know, we've been having a lot of great partnerships and a lot of great things and uh, having great employees and a lot of great success. But uh, we're going to have something that's going to be really, really awesome uh, coming up here very soon. And I can't wait to tell you all more about it and to have more fun with it and to discuss it. But uh, we'll probably have to wait until maybe Friday, we'll say. Let's do that, huh? Let's do that. So uh, it's got football related. I'll tell you that. Football related because spring football will be here before you know it. And we'll have some breakdowns of uh, not only practices and scrimmages and quarterback competition and all the stuff that's really going to matter the most and that everybody's going to be completely and totally logical about and uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. But I just wanted to give a little teaser there, folks, for all of you out there and uh, uh, really looking forward to it. And also uh, wanted to give a shout out to one of our, of course, we have a lot of great sponsors here uh, at Natty State Sports, and we always appreciate them being a part of it and, and making it happen each and every way. But I uh, did want to give a shout out over to Manscaped, which is, of course, uh, one of our national brands. And we know that all of us guys, you know, you want to get into the grooming side of things, too, and you want to. Make sure that you're looking good, looking clean in all the right places because, you know, sometimes some of us out there look like Chewbacca at times. Well, that's what Manscaped can help you out with. They got not only the beard hedger, but they got the uh, all, all the great trimmers that you could have to not only your face, but the rest of your body, too, to make your significant other feel really good and look a little bit better, too. So. With that being said, because of Manscaped being a part of Natty State Sports, if you go to manscaped.com, enter in promo code Natty, that's N-A-T-T-Y, Natty, you get 20% off. That's right, 20% off your entire purchase. Doesn't matter what you do, 20% off. Oh, and did I say that you also get free shipping? You do as well. So check it out, all the great different various hedgers, as they call them, over at manscaped.com. And enter in promo code Natty for 20% off and free shipping with manscaped.com. So uh, a few of the questions that I know we're going to be coming in and we'll have some uh, uh, questions or some answers for you. So if you want to get in on the chat real quick before we are uh, done here on the John Neighbors Show, which is amazing. It's a, it's a fast-moving show. We only got less than 10 minutes. Uh, there is some other storylines that uh, I am going to want to chime into and, and get into as well because some of it's really funny. I don't know if people really find it as funny as what I do at times, but at least uh, here. So, like, you know, let's do this. I guess I still got the uh, the Andrew Cam over there. Since he's not here, we're just going to go ahead and take him out uh, of that. But still, um, some things that I wanted to bring up that were uh, actually kind of crazy, but also kind of funny. So this thing, I wanted to show this. Um, college basketball, as we know, has a lot of things that happen in games where it, things get frustrated. I guess you just say sports in general. Sports has a lot of frustrations that can be it's competitive, it gets fiery, things happen. Well, this is something that we actually just happened a couple days ago. But this Texas A&M Commerce, which is actually where Andrew Armstrong went, the football players on Arkansas right now, uh, they're playing Incarnate Word, game's over, 76-72, Incarnate Word gets the victory. Well, 
all you know what broke loose because look at this it's the handshake line and suddenly it starts getting a little real and you know players are throwing punches like this is bad all right so this is bad as it is and you feel like they get a good idea of the separation from them they're trying to get the players but they, the group just keeps moving some guys fall on the ground here and you have just melee you think it's over okay it's slowing down slowing down but nope then another brawl and melee breaks out on this side of the court and then you know start getting people trying to hold them back and you know got people coaches and then somebody goes after again this is number eight in the white jersey starts to kind of find him a little bit and try to go after him again and then more melee comes out and more people are falling down everyone's like get to the locker room you guys got to get to the locker room and you got uh, 10 on the white jersey just still trying to fight no double zero is trying to fight Carnet words looking to fight and this guy literally had to be held back like in the most ridiculous way possible and then you had more coming out and a little more melee. And then, you know, people are shoving their own coaches and whatnot. And then they're trying to get everybody ha handled and, and situated and chilled. Everything. It was just madness. Luckily, there was, you know, 20, like 12 people there in the crowd to see this type of deal. But this was in the Southland Conference. You know, this is something that they ended up in uh, the story, I guess, itself was the fact that uh, they had a eight-player suspension for this. And I don't understand how this happens so often. With Again, competition gets into people's ways, and people get really upset, and they get fired up. But here's my thing about this whole deal. I'm glad they're suspended. I think they should honestly be almost kicked off the team. But I saw – I don't know if what's worse, the, 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 that this happened or that – it's the reactions of people that is really disappointing. Some, not all, but some people were saying that, you know what, we just need to get rid of the handshake line. Just need to get rid of the handshake line. You know, it's causing too many problems and things like this because, you know, we saw, I think it was last year in girls' basketball, women's basketball, you saw a girl uh, get, get punched in the handshake line. Or how about this? How about this? This is a wild concept. How about you just stop fighting each other? How about you just don't punch people? Why don't you just do the handshake line? Even if you hate them, they made you mad. It's a respect for the game, not a respect for your opponent even. It's a respect for the game. And I have never understood that when something like this happens, which you have hundreds of thousands of handshake lines exist in college basketball all the time, but because of one time, this year, where a melee broke out, even though 99.99999% other handshake lines are fine, it's like, well, we just need to get rid of it. Or you just stop being jackasses and trying, trying to fight. You stop trying to throw punches. Okay? I have never understood people's obsession with trying to take any sort of sportsmanship out of the game. Like, I'm not trying to be lame about it. Like, I think that there are things that you can do in celebrations. I think that there are things that you can do with, with fun. And, you know, you know, if you want to pimp a home run, then pimp a home run. Like, I, I'm okay with that. I think celebrations should be allowed, creative celebrations in college football, for instance, as long as you're not straight up taunting the other team or taunting a player. But if you want to do fun stuff with your team, then go at it. I, I, I wish that would be the case. I wish that would happen more. But for whatever reason, people just hate having simple sportsmanship things. And I don't know why. 
So I was really disappointed to see some of the reactions to be, yeah, just get rid of the handshake line. No, just don't punch people. Don't fight. Be a man. Shake the other person's hand. You know, if something was said or something was done, then go to the right direction to try to fix it and figure it out. But to just go in and full Leroy Jenkins into that handshake line and try to fight people is just ridiculous. So anyways, I, I just did not like that. I have not liked that. I never will like that. But that's just the way people are for some reason these days. Uh, some of your comments, though, I want to get to before we close up shop here. Um, Leslie says, man, maybe late, but what time is the Arkansas's first pitch in baseball this week against Oregon State? And they are playing down in Texas right. Yes, they are. The first pitch, I believe, is at 7. I think it's 7. 7? 6, 7? It's a night game. So uh, I know it's there, and it's in Arlington at Globe Live. And I know a ton of Razorback fans are going to be down there. We're going to be down there. I don't know if y'all heard. We're going to be down there partying it up and having a good time. So uh, we'll, we'll keep you updated on where we're going to be and if we're doing any live streams. Texas Live seems like the vibe that we're going to be going for. So uh, we'll keep you updated on where we'll be at. And also, Leslie, wanted to throw this in. I wish Little Rock would rebuild War Memorial Stadium. They got all the money to do it down there. I wish they would. I don't know where this came from, Leslie, but I'm telling you right now, they're not going to do that. It's not going to happen. It's too much money. Yeah, they have the money, but they also have to have the money coming in. And once the Razorback football program takes all the games out of War Memorial, which is happening after 2025, I'm telling you, that's going to be the last game. The last game that they ever do a game in Ar- in War Memorial for Razorback football. Uh, they're not going to spend a bunch of money for what? Like what would be the biggest event that they could put there that would be able to afford the money? Nothing. So it's just not going to happen. It's it's inevitable. They can still have high school championships there. You can still have you know, maybe some other in-state schools play there, whatever it may be. But as far as any sort of major developments or major things like that, it's it's all over with. It's all over with. So... Well, folks, that's about it for me. Appreciate everybody listening in and watching into the John Neighbors Show. Be sure to like and subscribe to it and uh, follow along on all forms of social media for Natty State Sports as well as our YouTube page. Because, again, we're going to have great content not only all the time, but uh, we're going to have exclusive stuff for Razorback Baseball tomorrow afternoon as we'll be down there seeing practice. So get a chance to see all the behind the scenes, not only for us, but also for Razorback Baseball getting ready for Globe Life. And we're going to continue to have some fun with that too. So... Appreciate you all. For Andrew Ellis, I am John Neighbors. Same sports show, same sports channel. Tomorrow afternoon, live from Arlington. Can't wait to see you folks there. And have a great rest of your night.